Hi everyone, um, so this is weird because this is the introduction to the episode, but Alex and I actually recorded the episode last night and we did it unstructured, it was just a chat between the two of us, which is how I like to do these things, you know, it makes it organic and you know, it flows quite well. Um, but we both finished the conversation last night and for, for different reasons, we've, as Alex and I have just been discussing off camera, I suppose, we felt a bit weird after, after we talked about it because there was a lot to digest for me and there was a lot for Alex to, not to speak for Alex, but a lot for him to process, I'm imagining. So what you're going to hear first is what we're actually discussing today on the Thursday the 4th and then when the introduction comes again, it was Wednesday the 3rd. Uh, so anyway, I'll, I'll let Alex go. Yeah. <laughs> um... So, I w yeah, I wanted to add a little bit extra because basically after, after speaking yesterday, I had this weird, almost guilty feeling after having this conversation um, because if I'm really honest, I don't really talk about these things openly outside of my own family. There's a couple of people that know, like, I know that some of these things I've mentioned to Rupert, I, I think I've mentioned before, there's one or two people I have spoken to these things about it's very different to be speaking about it on something that's so open. Um, it's, it's one of these things. So I, I was trying to think about why, um, why I'm feeling guilty and why I'm feeling bad about it. And I think after thinking about it from last night until this morning, I think it's like there's an expectation that I'm going to get mobbed for speaking up about it. Because um, th there's so many situations that I find myself just feeling uncomfortable and it's like the, the extreme cases that I talk about on the podcast yesterday have happened and are gonna continue unfortunately to happen to lots of people but typically you can find in those situations that there's other people who agree with you and that whatever happened to you in those situations was a serious problem and that you have a right to be upset um but there's something that like doesn't really get the attention it should and it's more around the area of like microaggressions and things that happen on a daily basis. So I'm just trying to give a bit more context to why I felt strange yesterday. And um, so if, if you're not aware, like microaggressions are like people who come up to you and like touch your hair because you want to see what it feels like. or keep asking you where you're from, saying that they wish you had your skin tone, you like rap music. Like being, being like of Jamaican descent, everyone assumes that I love weed. You know, it, it's, it's one of these things, weed, jerk chicken and reggae, Everyone assumes that I'm really into it. There was a guy at my high school, and this was really odd because he was the only person. He was the only person who ever called me this, but he used to come up and call me Rasty all the time. And he tried to get to catch on, and it didn't really take. And I'm kind of grateful to my other fellow students for not really following along with that, but it was just really, really weird. But similarly, you get called these things. There's like an expectation of being black. So you get called things like a chalk eye. People say that you're not really black people say that you're not following in the way that they expect a black person to be. So basically you're not being a stereotype, but they have a very narrow view of what you should be. And all these sort of situations, they happen so often that it's not possible to take issue with them on every occasion. And when you do, it's, it's quite normal for people to say that you're overreacting. And eventually you have to start adapting to it and reacting in different ways. So have you, have you seen the film Get Out? Yes, I have. Uh, excellent so, film. Isn't that 
because I remember it, that's the Jordan Peele one, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. incredible film. But like, just a, a great watch, but like also yeah. very powerful. Yeah. It's fantastic. But the thing is with that, there's so many, at the start of it, there's so many microaggressions. But the, I think the one of the most fascinating things about that is that you should actually watch the, um, the main character when people say anything to him and watch his reaction to them. I think that that's actually one of the most accurate depictions of anything that I've, I've ever is, seen. is that when they're doing stuff like when the dad's just like, and I, I was, I, the thing is, I, people should watch it anyway, so I don't want to spoil yeah. too much. But is that when the dad's like, oh, I would have voted for Obama a third time yeah. if I could? And it's like, yeah, and people what? going up to him like, I know Tiger Woods and things like this. It's like, you'd be a beast if you were, if you ever like dedicate yourself to training. All these little things. And people, like, people don't necessarily mean to be offensive by it, but it's just constant reminders that you're different. Yeah. And like, you, you can't react to them in every single situation because people do tell you that you're overreacting and eventually you reach this point where you stop responding to it and you just walk away from the situation and it's like maybe i'll tell someone that i trust at a later time but the issue is rarely addressed directly and in the moment yeah. and you eventually become almost conditioned to just accept it as part of life so in instances like in this podcast when i'm speaking up about it i'm feeling guilty and like i've done something wrong because it's like me drawing attention to these issues is going to cause people to think I'm being petty and it's actually going to undermine any efforts to get people on board in a movement against racism. So it's, it's really, really frustrating because there's this whole like aspect, people who oppose movements like Black Lives Matter, like the people who do the All Lives Matter movement, um, they always try and find these points that they can trivialize into absurdity. So they can like diminish the significance of what people are trying to say. And when people are trying to come forward, it leaves you in a position where you don't know if you should be saying something. Yeah. If I feel like every little incident that I bring up is going to have people tear it to shreds, and as a result, people are going to assume that I'm not being serious when something happens, or it's further down the line, I feel less inclined to say it. I feel like I'm taking away someone else's opportunity to come forward with something that might not be as big an issue. And it's like the George Floyd murder, that's getting the response that it deserved because it's almost universally accepted that a racially motivated murder is crossing the line. But it's really, really important that we start to acknowledge these other issues as well, because if we don't, they might seem like they're a minor transgression at the time, but we're basically constantly moving where we choose as a society to draw a line in the sand. Is that the the systemic thing then? Like it's, it's the, these tiny ingrained. It's tiny ingrained things. It's systemic. It's systemic racism. But systemic racism, we're talking about stuff in the police force. We're talking about stuff in job applications. That, that all has a huge problem. That is all massively part of it. But this is like little daily interactions with people. You know, the, the little stuff that people don't think is significant because it come. If people keep getting away with it, people don't address it, and people's behaviour doesn't change. It effectively conditions people. So Derek. Derek Chavin, Derek Chauvin, the guy who's basically done committed the murder with George Floyd. Yeah. It makes people like him believe that it's acceptable to treat black people differently. And it eventually becomes this entrenched mindset where people stop perceiving the small things as issues at all. And it starts to redefine what a small transgression is to these people. And all of a sudden, you go from someone asking where you're from um, to people and like, if I were to confront someone, someone asks where I'm from and saying, why are you asking me that? They might think that's overreaction. Eventually, if we stop addressing these issues, you get to the point where people think there's no reaction for police being 
held accountable for murder. And that, that is actually the case. That's actually yeah. the case because how many incidents have happened prior to this before people have lost their temper? It's, it's, it's like minorities, the same way that people are being pushed to take racist incidents less seriously and remove that line of hand. Minorities are also being pressured by society to accept this as the norm. So you have to pick and choose your battles because otherwise people start to treat you like the boy who cried wolf. And it's, it's like people assume that these things couldn't be happening as frequently yeah. as they are. But people who are, people who are like shocked by the riots need to really understand that this has been bottled up by people for decades. And it's lifetimes for people of be, not being able to speak out. Is it like that... Um... You know, like in uh, the Ice Age films, there's always that running gag of the little squirrel thing. And he, like, he has the, you know, he would always put, like, a tiny, he'd try and put the acorn in the glacier, mm. and there'd be, like, a tiny little crack. Yeah. But eventually yeah, yeah, it just yeah. grows. And, like, uh, like, you know, if you break a pane, if you put a tiny little crack in a bit of glass, and eventually it'll just spread out. And, like, that, yeah, so the, this tiny insignificant thing has a, like, a, what you call, like, a bleeding effect, kind of. This is, this is it's it's not that great elite. If if someone starts to ask you where you're from, they're immediately distinguishing you as different. And yeah. the distinction between different, going from perceiving something as different to perceiving something as less than, is is a very 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 small leap to make, and it's very easy for people to do it, and it's happening all the time. So this is kind of why I I, I think I'm still gonna feel strange about this, like. Yeah. Lots of other people who are speaking out are going to feel strange about this as well. And this is one of the things that I think, like, in the podcast, I mentioned that it's really, really important that we shouldn't be attacking people on the same side as us. You know, I don't want to see anyone being called a white saviour for trying to do the right thing. Yeah. And, the, the, you know, or like picking about what is and isn't a significant issue. If we're all on the same side on this, we have to be on the same side of this in order yeah. to get traction. Because if you start calling people... Uh, white saviors if you start making people feel like they don't have a right to step forward and protect us no one else is going to do it at the end of the day we are a minority there's less of us and the legitimate channels that exist are overwhelmingly stacked against us unless we can convince other people who are part of the majority who don't share these experiences so they don't understand them we need to convince them that this is a serious issue and we're not going to achieve that by shouting down people who are trying to speak up. Yeah, I mean, I did, I, I don't know if you've seen it. I've seen one video on Instagram, which just makes me want to be sick though. And it's this, uh, this couple, this white couple that sees a guy like trying to put a building back together. And like, she's asked, can I hold the drill for a second to get a photo of her helping? Oh yeah, fuck that. But I know that that's just, I know that's just a one up. Yeah. Like, oh. yeah. Like, so, so, okay, so I do think, so to clarify, I do Sorry, think- Sorry, that was just because I've no, just seen it again no, and no. it does my head in. <laughs> I, no, I think it's important to clarify. I think that the white savior thing is an issue. It, I, but I think as well, I mentioned this yesterday. If someone wants to help you and they legitimately want to help you and they might misunderstand something, but they're honestly trying to help you, that's fantastic. You know, I don't think we should hold that against the person. So people make misunderstandings. But if someone's going out there trying to get credit for it or they're sharing something yeah. and they feel like they're part of the movement and not actually going to do anything. Then do you, yeah, fuck them. Like, do, you, do you mind if I ask you a, a, a question just from something you said a couple of minutes ago? Um, sure. Gen genuine inquiry, just because, like I said, this this is just as much as a way for me to educate myself, um, but also potentially other people that might be listening. 
is a, is a big part of the, you know, the microaggression stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, like that analogy, I think it is people say like, you can't define pornography, but you know it when you see it kind of thing. Right. So like you mentioned people would assume like, oh, well, you Jamaican, so you might, you must love weed and chicken and stuff like that. Yeah. So I know for a fact that like you do really like that kind of chicken because I remember when you were at uni, you uh, so I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. I'm not yeah, trying to, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and I remember you actually like would talk about, oh, my mum taught me this really good recipe and stuff like that. So is it just about having the sense to go, for example, people when they hear later in the podcast, there's that one arsehole that goes, oh, we know who wants to stop at KFC. That's a mm. stupid comment to make. And also you didn't, the person didn't know you. This wasn't two friends chatting. Uh, mm. or anything like that he's being an idiot and there's and it's am i thinking there's a difference between that and make someone at the appropriate time making a genuine inquiry going oh alex i i, I like this do you happen to know anything about that or am i completely like it's wrong? a weird one it's a weird one basically if 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 someone fancied some jerk chicken and it was just me in a room of white people and they chose to come up and ask me about <laughs> yeah. a little bit weird if i'm honest yeah. um it's 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 a really it's a really strange thing. The, the problem with it is not everyone, not, not every like microaggression is done with ill intent. Most of them yeah. aren't, you know, and it's, it can be done by people who are your friends. I mean, we, we were talking before this, we were talking about the time I played basketball at Founders, right? That was yeah. this absurd moment. So if you're not listening, Founders is this thing at Lancaster <laughs> Uni where two colleges compete against each other. And I got asked to play for the basketball team. But no, I'd never played basketball on any level, really, that could be considered competitive. It was embarrassing, but I was only asked because I was brown. I, I, like, the person who asked me to do it is a friend of mine, you know? I, I don't think there was any ill intent behind it. Yeah. Um, and they got the comeuppance very quickly. I'm pretty sure I got subbed off within a minute. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the, I've got, the, yeah. So is it just have some sense as well? It's, it's, it's have some sense. The thing is, you, people are going to make you... Oh, and is it, well, what do they say? Uh, assumptions make an ass out of you and me, so. Yeah, but the, the thing is, don't, don't go out there expecting to be perfect. It's just if someone, if, if you do it and someone brings it up, listen to them. About it, you know? Yeah. And you're going to make mistakes. You're going to, it's, it's part of it. And it, it, it's, as, as long as you're willing to like learn from it and change your behavior and not do it again, then that's great. You know? don't, yeah. Because you, the, the thing is, as a result, the unfortunate downside, well, one of the downsides of white privilege is you don't understand what is and isn't offensive at times. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to constantly encounter situations where you're doing or saying the wrong thing. So is it, it's better to ask, but it, with the right tone, and when, it, when you feel oh, it's asked, yeah, ask the yeah. question. Yeah. Uh, so like, I don't know, I'm trying to think, because it's not, like, this is, you know, like you're saying, the basketball thing. Assuming, ah, oh, he's black, he'll be great at basketball, not a good idea. I don't yeah. know, maybe asking Alex, are you, but then, I don't know. It's so, that's why I was saying that that pornography thing, of, uh, you know, you, you can't define it, but you know when you see it. I'm, try, I'm struggling to think of a specific example, uh, but like, do you know what I'm saying? Or I'm trying to say yeah, like... I know, I, know, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. The, the main, to be honest, I think one of the best things that people can do is if you feel, like this is the thing, if it feels... <laughs> <laughs> if, it, if, it, if it feels racist or it feels like it might be racist, ask the question. You know, yeah. if, 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 you, if you've said something and you're unsure, ask. Because the thing is, I, I can't speak for everyone. I can't, you know, I can't speak for anyone other than myself. I would much rather, if you, if, if you were to ask me, we'd have a discussion about it. 
and you were to acknowledge that you like feel like you might have done something wrong, I'm going to walk away from that situation feeling a lot happier, feeling like you actually have a semblance of understanding of the situation, instead of if you just like leave it as an awkward silence. At which point, I'm going to think, well, I'm not going to bring that subject up with that person again. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a really, really, really strange and difficult thing for people to pin down and i totally understand that the main thing i wanted to get across is the impact that these little things have well no i i'm, I'm glad you did because yeah. that's the whole issue isn't it because so like the so much of the reason that we we go on to talk about later even though we have already talked about it it's kind of weird the time the timelines of the podcast but like so much of this now is people not realizing that the racism isn't just the outward you know shouting these terms at people uh, or assaults and murders not to say that they're like, obviously they're horrendous but it's these like you said it's these tiny things that people yeah. that i must have done countless times um that ever like and i suppose you, the only way you can learn from it is what asking and letting yeah be. yeah it's 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 like i say it's, it's a constant learning experience for everybody really i mean this is the i mean i'm saying this now you know, I, I'm not a member of every single race on the planet. I will definitely have done things like this to other people at other points as well. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a case, you know, you have to kind of ac accept responsibility for it and try and grow um, because otherwise people just kind of become entrenched and don't really get anywhere. I mean, like I say, th things just seem to get worse. I mean, it's... Yeah, the, for me, the, wor the worst case scenario is that people don't address this, people don't openly discuss this. Even if it's yeah. with someone who disagrees with you, try, before you go hostile, try and engage them in a conversation. I mean, there's a possibility that they're just a dickhead and you're not going to get anywhere. But, yeah. You know, you've got to try and win people over a little bit because otherwise well, we end up with the situations that we have. Uh, well, is there anything else you wanted to add, mate? Or do you think we're no, good to go? Is that a huge one to put in? Well, that's okay. Right. Yeah, thank you again. Thank you um, for giving me an opportunity to do this and for listening and editing the colossal oh, no, conversation we had yesterday. Oh, mate, well, the, the thing, I, I, I'm really happy you mentioned it because there's some of the stuff that we talked about there. Like, no, none of it's bad. It's just like I'm really happy that like I cropped out some of those things. Yeah, we just go on a big tangent. There were there were definitely parts where we were talking to each other as friends, as though this wasn't going to be heard by anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but like also the com we have a conversation about oh what would you like to come on and talk about later that can quite obviously because of the tone of this podcast oh, totally, not be totally. put on the actual podcast totally. um but anyway thank you very much mate um i'll stop recording now and i'll, I'll let it go thank you um, thank you thanks for having me right hi everyone uh, and welcome to stuff people like been a bit weird uh, I've not decided what to title this one because I can't really call even though the subject is all about racism I can't really have an episode of stuff people like called <laughs> racism for obvious reasons um, that giggling is who I've got with me this week uh, Alex and Alex is one of my best friends I've known him since October 2011 so we'll be going on for, for nine years. Well, I remember the first time I met you, Alex. You were really, I remember you were in a gray t-shirt, gray three-quarter length short. Um, I assume you've just come back, come from a skate park or, or something <laughs> like, or a Limp Bizkit concert. Big, big beaming smile. But anyway, so, so I've got Alex with me. Um, and we, we're going to talk about the events that have been going on in America over the past uh, week or so. And then also Alex's experience growing up in the UK. 
And as a little, I don't know if disclaimer is going to be the right word, but it's just like a little note to everyone that listens to this. I'm probably going to get a few things wrong, uh, terminology wise, maybe put my foot in my mouth a few times. Um, and to anyone that knows me, I've both literally and figuratively got very big feet. So I might really put my foot in my mouth. Um, but this is meant to be a positive discussion to maybe at least, well, at least educate me, but anyone that li is listening to understanding where Alex comes from uh, and people like Alex, God, that sounds really bad, um, in, <laughs> in what that experience is like. Because, you know, I don't even know what to say. This is very difficult. Like, one thing I was, I remember when someone asked me, Alex, um, like, who have I got on? I said, oh, I've got my friend Alex. So we're going to talk about um, growing up as black in the UK or mixed race because Alex is technically one thing. And I thought, am I, am I wrong for assuming what you might identify as? And I thought, is it even an identification? I, I, I had no idea what to say or think. Um, but, but, I'll, I'm going to stop talking now because I'm just sounding like a lunatic. So thank you very much for coming on, mate. I really appreciate it. How are you? Oh, um, I'm all right. Happy, uh, happy to be a little apprehensive considering like the previous topics have been Harry Potter and working in TV. And I really feel like I've joined the short straw with racism. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's very sad. Um, and is, I hope you'll come back again because it, it, yeah. it is a bit sad that, yeah, I've done, I'm, I've, I've spoken to so many friends that I love very much. It's been, like I said, the Harry Potter quiz, working in TV. Um, I got to talk about green myths and then you've been asked to deal with something quite heavy. But I think that as small as my platform is, the a big thing over the past few days has been, if you have any kind of platform, then you have to use it. So you'll have to come back at some point and we'll talk about something that you do actually like. But yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't say that I like racism, but to be honest, I'm quite happy to have an opportunity to talk about this because it is, it's not often that you get a platform to sort of voice your opinion about things like this and your own experiences um, without, I don't know, having other people impose their own views on top of it. Yeah. Uh, I well, mean, I, I'll impose my view. Of course, yeah. <laughs> I, I would expect nothing less. But the, the thing is, like, from my own experiences, um, I've grown up in predominantly white areas um, or areas that aren't particularly diverse. So when you try to have a conversation about these things, people's default response is to immediately go on defensive. Um, and... I, <sighs> Not not everybody, obviously, but it's it's a topic that makes people uncomfortable, and I I tend to get the notion that when it's brought up around people from areas that I've grown up, at least, it tends to make people more uncomfortable. So the like the response can change depending on who you speak to, and not everybody you know behaves the same way, but it, it does. Um, it does become quite a difficult conversation to have with a lot of people. So it's it's kind of nice to have an opportunity to. Oh, well, I'm, I'm glad I could provide that. But yeah, I think you're completely right when you talk about uh, people getting on the defensive. I know I did. And there's still stuff that I'm even reading or, or seeing now that makes me uh, go on the defensive. But I kind of realised, like, the little light bulb moment for me, maybe I've misinterpreted it and I've got it wrong. 
but I realized that these things that people have been saying aren't there to tear me or anyone down. Mm. They seem to be to just to, to bring people up to yeah. the, to the level. So yeah. uh, like this, this isn't meant to sound arrogant, but I've kind of, I've hit the lottery in the sense of I'm straight white male Christian. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You can't really ask for a better start. I'm privately educated. Like I've, I've, I've not really, I've not had to struggle. Like the closest link I could make is like, well, my dad's Jewish and my mum's half Irish. And historically, especially for the Jews, quite recently, there have been some horrendous things. But mm. for me to remotely pretend that they've, that's affected me would be dishonest and a, and a lie. Like I've never suffered because of those, you know, those ancestral circumstances. So like, I think, we're, so I think, I remember when people used to say like white privilege or male privilege or, you know, stuff like that, I would go, all oh, right, well, that's unfair. I've not done anything wrong. And it's mm-hmm. at least the way I've seen it is it's not about me doing something wrong. It's that other people haven't been given the same opportunities that I have and people just want yeah. a level playing field. I could, I could have got that completely wrong. That's just, it seems to be, that seems to be how yeah. I put it. I mean, like it's, it's, a lot of people seem to view it as though it's like a zero-sum game. So basically the gains, if any, if any progress is made in favour of black people or to sort of give black people more opportunities, some people see that as basically you're taking things away from white people, which yeah. I suppose in, in some circumstances that might be the case because there are certain situations where white people are so privileged that they will get handed a lot more things than black people. And if you are to level that playing field, yes, white people who were once getting something aren't necessarily going to get it as much as they have been doing or like they did do previously. Um, but it then becomes a case of whether or not you prioritise living in a society that's equal or whether you prioritise living in a society that benefits yourself over others. Um, and that's a, that's a difficult conversation for a lot of people to have. Um, yeah, it's... Yeah, I mean, it, I, I, I feel a bit bad in the sense that I've basically gone, right, who are my friends that I can talk about this? <laughs> Alex, like alphabetically, you've just come up first. And I, yeah. I'm not asking you to speak on behalf of all black people. But I just mean, I know, that, some... I know that you're not, but I, I, I spoke to the rest of them. They're fine with me doing it. <laughs> well, yeah, like, the, like the grand uh, WhatsApp. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it's... Um, no, I, I get what you're saying. Because the thing is as well, I mean, from my perspective, it's going to be different to a lot of other. It's going to be different to a lot of other black people as well because I, I'm mixed race. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are people with a darker skin tone. There are definitely, definitely points that I've had in my life um, where I've been given access that I know wouldn't be made available to other people with darker skin tone. So I, I'm aware that I might like, despite the fact that I've also suffered, I've also had privilege over other people as well um, as a result of being mixed race. There's this whole thing about like being light skinned black is tended to in the media and a lot of people tend to perceive that if you're light-skinned black you're definitely treated better than people who are dark-skinned black and it's kind of hard to argue that from the perspective of someone who is light-skinned black and has seen people dark-skinned black not be given the same opportunities well i just off the top of my head the only example i can think of would be um there are times when certain lighter skinned black women that are celebrities are kind of in magazines and stuff mm-hmm. and the photos are doctored to make them appear even lighter than they are like i think the rihanna and beyonce it's happened to a few times and people have called magazines out on it 
when like yeah. they've gone well that isn't what Beyonce obviously this isn't throwing shade at Beyonce as she she mm. listens as I'm sure you know um but like it's the media has kind of gone there's an image of I don't know what would it be like we like black people but with an asterisk and like this is the kind yeah. that that, could, that they like um so what do you think do you reckon the best place to start is the beginning the beginning of, of um, your life not of sorry not no. not of, not, of, not of racism as a whole <laughs> um yeah sure uh, yeah um happy to so i'm trying to think so i i originally was i was raised in cleveland which is a small town um it's a small suburb off of Blackpool. So it's, it's basically, I, I live effectively in Blackpool, um, but it's like got more old people, really. That's, that's the main distinction that you would make. Um, and there were, I, I spoke to my mum about this at the point that my mum moved there, which was a couple of, it was a few years before I was born. Um, she was, I think, the only black person in Cleveland that she was aware of. Um, and there'd be people constantly just sort of staring. It's out of curiosity more than anything. It was, so would this know. be the very late 80s, very early 90s? Yeah. Moving yeah. Right. Yeah, late 80s. So my, my sister, they were there in 89 when my sister was born. So right. years, 87, um, I think around that time. Um, and yeah, it, it, it never really got more diverse than that. So... Um, I'm trying to think my first my first memories of encountering racism <laughs> or or like realizing that I was the only no, that, that, that's what I was about to ask because I've seen so many of these like uh testimonials and stuff on I've been like going watching YouTube stuff reading things on Instagram and like I'm sorry if this is a really horrible like memory to to try and get you to to bring up but just for people to try and get some perspective and stuff do you remember a time when either you realised you were, you looked different to everyone else, or absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, so the the first time that I realised that I was black and other people weren't is not the first time that racism happened to me. So there's two distinct instances. Okay. One's kind of happy, well, not happy, but kind of sweet. The other one is horrific. But um, all right, well, should we start with? Depends. Do you want to start with horrific and then we can have sweet for dessert? Like, well, sure. Let's. So. Um, at primary school, to be honest, I was quite fortunate when I went into reception that nobody really ever seemed to treat me that much differently, or not in a way that I was like consciously aware of. Um, I do now know that what what there's one of my friends that I've been that I've known for many many years who um, I now know didn't speak to me for the first year because he'd never seen a brown person before. And he was scared, which right. is interesting. He's, he said this to me very openly. I mean, we've joked about this and it was quite, it's quite refreshing that he was open about this because he, he didn't mean any offense by it. It's just, he'd literally never seen anybody who looked like me before and didn't know how to process it. And he ended up, he's told me he spoke to his parents about it, who basically gave him a bit of a talking to him, like, there's nothing wrong with the kid. Right. <laughs> Go speak to him. And I mean, from about year one onwards, we'd, we'd known each other for years. Um, and it, you know he's a he's a lovely person, but it's it's very interesting to have someone describe it as they didn't they didn't know that 
they didn't know what that meant that my skin was that color and that it scared them which i think is kind of interesting on a larger scale if we think about xenophobia but he didn't actually speak to me about that until much later on in life um the first time that someone was directly racist towards me there were there were a few points in primary school i'm trying to remember specifically which one was the first one that happened. I, I remember being told that because I was brown that I was poo. I mean, you know, which cutting insult for a uh, six-year-old, but um, that so was fair, That the... probably did hurt, I'm guessing. Like, kids yeah. are mean, and you take stuff, like, tone really affects you. Like, I used to get called Rupert the Bear, and being a bear, bears are cool, but because I was yeah. I remember being told as a kid, because it was said in a condescending way, that really cut i'm not so i'm not trying to equate the two things no, together no. i'm just saying listen, that must have well, hurt the thing is the thing is with that because i was so young um it didn't really have any lasting impact on me if i'm honest like it it was it was kind of like water off a duck's back it's like yeah i'm brown i don't really mind i remember i remember when we were coloring things in um and it would be a case of everyone's got to draw these pictures and all the oh. kids color faces you've got to get peach for that skin color and i've ended up doing this taking it back to my mom and she's like what the fuck (laughs) but um yeah that was i mean it was made worse when i went back and tried to do it in brown crayon because i'm colorblind so i came back green that time (laughs) (laughs) i I forgot you were colorblind (laughs) But, but um yeah that that was quite an awkward moment as well that's that's one that my mom actually remembers quite a lot uh, there was a time that I went to, um, there was World Book Day. Right. In year four, when I went as Charlie from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and I had a golden ticket and this whole sort of like, well, not much of an outfit. He's dressed like a kid, doesn't he? Yeah. And I received an award from the my teacher because I went dressed as a chocolate bar. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's, an, that's another one of my, of my mum's. There's only so many times this in one episode that we can go, well, I suppose the 90s were a different time, weren't they? In the defence of that teacher, about five years later, she got diagnosed with dementia. So (laughs) she was firing all cylinders. Um, That is Yeah. um, Which is obviously horrific, yeah. Um, I mean, you did win, though, so that's a... I, I I mean no more than anybody else. It was a part, it's like participation. Award. It was a victory for you, but a huge loss for you know mixed race people. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, to anyone that wonders, you know, that thinks it's appalling, we're having a laugh. I'm, I'm sorry, but Alex is one of my best friends, so we're gonna make light of a few things and giggle. But yeah, um, the, to, to be honest, like the, these things are what, these are things that I can look back and laugh about. The yeah. the one that still, to be honest, makes me quite angry when I think about this is um do you remember like around the age when people start joining things like scouts and i think i can't beavers the youngest yeah. one I, I, um, yeah i once was given a badge that said best beaver uh, and i obviously i was too young to know why that was so funny but i couldn't figure out why like uh a lot of people that were older than me that when when they were visiting around at the house thought the best beaver badge was the funniest thing in the world <laughs> but yeah sorry so there are people joining like beavers and i think it's is it cubs that boys join cubs. No, it's beavers and cubs and stuff like that i can't remember which one i think it was cubs that i joined um 
one of these things. Is Beavers the brownies one? I think. Uh, no, because I was a beaver. Um, oh, were you? So, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's oh, beavers, God. and then the girls have like brownies and uh, rainbows. Rainbows. I mean, to be honest, there's a there's a there's also issues in like you know you've got scouts for men that are manly, and then rainbows for for girls. You know, yeah. there's a whole. That needs like yeah. there's only, we're, we're going to end racism today, but I feel like gender inequality will do. Oh wait, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll come back for gender inequality. I'll get Naomi on as well. She'll love yeah. that. Um, but uh, yeah, so I I joined um, one of these organisations, the local Cleavers version of it, um, and ended up being um, asked to not come back on my Whoa. first. Uh, um, after my on my first session, um, seriously, yeah, yeah. So yeah, this yeah. is like child Alex is asked. Yeah, not I, was, to... I, was, I was. I'm not sure how old I was in the infants. So I was year two or below. I'm not sure specifically what age I was. Um, wow, that's young. There, there was a kid who was there called Duncan. I'm not. I'm not going to say his fault. He could have grown up. You know, there's, there's, there's uh, Yeah, I was. I was uh, racially. Some words well that's just uh i was racially abused by uh, one of the dragons no so, um, no, so were they did they just say anything whilst you were there or so what happened is this kid duncan um basically this was the first time i was ever called a nigger um right. and i didn't know what that meant to be oh, what, honest. what sorry so someone said said that to you in year yeah, two yeah, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, um, yeah. and I, I didn't know what the word meant. Um, but you could tell by the intent and what was being said, it yeah. wasn't great. Um, and then this kid like starts throwing stuff at me and bits and pieces. And basically, I end up getting in a fight with this kid. And our parents get called in. And um, my mum's quite rightfully unhappy because I say what's been said and what's happened. And this other kid's parents are there saying, oh, well, my kid will never do that. And because Duncan's been going there for a little while, well, Duncan's a good boy, and Duncan would never do a thing like that. So instead, I get asked not to come back because I've been fighting other people on my first day. And it, it was as though, I mean, like I said, I was quite young, so maybe there's aspects of it that I'm not remembering clearly, other than the fact that it felt very much like whatever we said wouldn't have made a difference. Um, and they, they basically made their mind up from the point that there was a disagreement between me and this kid that I was the person going. And considering the context and considering what was said and the lack of response to using that word, yeah, it kind of makes it hard to believe that there wasn't some sort of racial undertone to their decision to remove me and not the other kid. That's, uh, um, wow. Um... I'm sorry. That's that's really th uh, throwing me sideways. That's just uh, that's a that's a big a big word. Well, for anyone, but for a child that young to say. And I was going to say, if there been, if may, maybe if that word hadn't been used, it, you know, it could have been a teaching opportunity to like you don't call people bad words. But a, a, yeah. a, how old are you in year two? Six, something like five, six, seven, yeah. something like that. Um, yeah. yeah, you don't there's only one way you're learning that word and it's through your parents. Yeah. So like that isn't a thing of like, 
I can't, that, I, I, surely there was no sort of like, you know, oh, come on, Duncan, don't say that. That was, you've learned that in one way. Yeah. And I'm guessing either it was, you, that from the, from the Beavers or the Scouts, that's either what? That's either, um, it's racially charged or we don't want to deal with that. Yeah. That's yeah. too big. Um, or I don't want I to mean, bring that attention. What, what it boils down to is that either way, they made the decision not to, not to handle it at all yeah really um and i mean to be honest i'm quite i'm glad that it happened so early on because it you know i could have got more and more embedded in it i could have, i could have been going for much longer it could have been much more dramatic i yeah. could have you know built relationships with these people and found out much further down the line that they were like that you know um but that's, it's, that's you know, really horrible man i'm sorry yeah so as as a result, I ended up joining. There was um, a local church, the Methodist Church, that um, we've got some family friends that went to, and so there was a load of kids from my school as well that also went to this one, uh, which was called Anchor Boys, which I think I've told you about before. And no, and I feel like I wouldn't. The fact uh, you can't, the listeners can't see it, but Alex is but, currently wearing a black and white horizontally striped <laughs> t-shirt so you the, the navy like anchor theme must have really stuck with you though yeah well there was there was anchor boys and then when you got older you were, you joined boys brigade and um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah which i uh, my parents pulled me out of that one before i became a member of boys brigade uh because they used to wear they used to wear all these matching uniforms and every sunday at church there'd be a lot of marching with flags and my mum felt it was a little bit too hitler youthy yeah mate, i think very very good that you never mentioned you were a member of the boy you were potentially a member of the boys brigade well, I, was, I, was never, I was never an actual i was never an actual member because you know i got i got removed before i was given the opportunity uh <laughs> but to be honest uh credit to anchor boys and boys boys brigade because you know not a single uh racist incident in the time that I was there and they're you know that that church is still open there are a bunch of lovely people um I, like I said I still know people that go there so I, you know I think okay I'm, I'm I just think I, it's see this is the kind of stuff that I'm learning that I didn't ever think about and mm. that's like the bar where you have to set the bar and you're again like the, the, the I, I've heard of the concept of white privilege and I get it but I never really kind of like I said acknowledged it as much yeah. as much until quite recently and i would never in my right in my uh, honestly until you've said that now i would never think about joining somewhere and thinking mm. my initial scan now has to be are they racist like that would never ever mm. become a factor like if i was going to review a place i would never go oh Oh, and by the way, no one said a horrible, what is the term, pejorative term or something like that to yeah. me. So I know you were kind of like just, you know, speaking in a, uh, like a casual conversation with me just now, but to go credit to the Boys Brigade and the Anchor Boys, whatever it was, because they weren't racist. Like that should be... <laughs> it's, a, a it's, a, it's a low bar. It's a low yeah, bar. That should be such a given. Yeah. Like... Well, the thing you, that's, that's, it, it, it depends. Horrible. It depends on where you are. I I wouldn't for one second assume that this is a. To be honest, I'd be surprised. Maybe in Blackpool, it, it's still a problem. Um, but I, like globally or in, in other 
chapters or whatever they call them, I don't think it would have been necessarily been a problem there. Like I happen to have been raised in a incredibly white, incredibly xenophobic yeah, area, well, and that's that's doing injustice to a lot of people who live there. But there is a hell of a lot of racism there. So I like what what you've got to factor in is like I I mean I live in Manchester now, and yes, there is still racism here, but not even close to the level that it is in Blackpool. Um, even now, or is that back then? Even now. Even, even now. now, okay. So we, we, the other week, the other week, um, we went to do, like, um, a bit of shopping for my grandma because, you know, supermarkets aren't necessarily that accessible. It's hard to get stuff online still. So yeah. we drop off some bits and pieces. So we, went, we ended up going back to Files for the first time in months. Um, and whilst we were there, we stopped off to say hello to Naomi's parents. Um, just sort of there at the doorway, we're at the end of the driveway, socially distanced meet. And there's these two cars that are trying to get past each other. Um, and they're sort of taking the time going quite slowly. And one has a white driver, one has an Asian driver. And the, in between the two of them is some guy on an electric scooter who just decides to go between them. Whilst there's, there's two moving cars, it's really dangerous for him to do that. And the white driver shouts something at him. And he turns around and goes, fuck off your foreign C word yeah. to, the, to the Asian guy. And it's like, you know, we've been back in Blackpool for five minutes. And it's like, that's the first racist incident I've seen in months. It's, it's... I've got this vision of, you know, like, who had, who had five minutes? Who had five minutes? Who had five... Uh, you, yeah. had five right, you, you know, you get to pick the film tonight, Naomi. You won. Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a very depressing thing. That's um, horrible, man. Yeah. I mean, but the thing is, they, they have... They have BMP party conferences there, or they did back when BMP used to be a thing. The amount of people I know who were pro Tommy Robinson, um, still, you know, it's it's one of those areas where, and it's going back to what my what my friend basically said when we were very younger that they because they don't encounter any brown people whatsoever, they buy into all of the bullshit that they hear about it, like they're coming and taking our jobs. And, you know, there's these like rape gangs that go around and all this, it, it's, they don't have anything to compare it against. And it's, it's like people just take it for granted. And it's, when, when you're looking at a kid who, you know, didn't want to approach and speak to a kid, you know, in a playground because he, he'd not encountered it before, it's not that big an issue and like it's it's an option for parents to deal with it but the the problem is the attitudes that a lot of people have in a lot of areas in the uk so this isn't just a blackpool problem it's that it's not something worth addressing and then as these people get older these views become a lot more insidious and it, it starts to have a much much bigger impact upon the area that people live in so to be honest now i mean we actually we'll, go, we'll get to it on like a national scale later but it, it kind of reaches a stage because of where I grew up. If I see a racist incident, I'm not particularly surprised. Like the, the story that I told you then about scouts or whatever cubs, um, like to me, it, it doesn't seem like that surprising a thing. And I, I guarantee that there are hundreds, thousands of other, like pretty much every other person with brown skin in this country will have had a similar experience at some point in their life. Well, well. I mean, on the one hand, I admire your kind of stoic attitude in that this is the situation I live in and I'm not going to let it affect me. At least that's how I interpret it. But it is horrible. And I mean, I, 
the thing is, uh, and again, it's not something I've experienced, but and I, I won't say the the person's name, but I used to uh, train someone uh, when I was a trainer back in Harrogate, and this person would frequently be able to, be able to tell me, "Oh, I'd ask that, how's your week, how's your day been," and far more often than not whether it was a, a, a big case or a small case, and or they're all horrible, she would have been racially abused by someone. And it could even, like you were saying about the, the driving thing there, it could be a, a small thing about, like, you know, walking past someone and accidentally have, like, you know, you almost bang into one another whilst you're walking on the pavement. And to everyone else, you might mutter on you, breath or wanker, something like that. But yeah. Specifically because she was... Um, of, of Pakistani origin, it would be it would be it would be it would be racially charged, um, yeah. or you know this per, this person she was really lovely, but the area that she lived in, I mean, you know what Harrogate's like, um, but like her specific street, she I think she was the only per, non-white person in that street, and she was like, you made acutely aware, yeah, that you were different, and I mean, yeah, um, and again, like I really hope that anyone that's listening to this isn't thinking I'm trying to equate any experiences I have had with yours, I'm trying to just find like, I hope yeah. you know, I'm just trying to find like common yeah, yeah, ground. Yeah. Um, my mother told me that when she moved to Harrogate, which will have been around the same time that your mother moved to Blackpool. Mm -hmm. um, so this is the very late eighties or early nineties, something like that. I was born in 93. So it's, you know, it's around that time, something like mm -hmm. that. Um, and my father being Jewish, my mum said that she learned really quickly um, that, she would have to work into conversations that my dad or, you know, just her husband or fiance was at the time was Jewish. And mm. it, my mum told me it was because she'd be like, I really want to like this person. So if yeah. I can just get that information out there now, yeah. then they won't say anything, which, yeah. you know, really sucks. And I don't, the thing is, oh man, that's just, that's just terrible. And that, that's, not, that's not me trying to like say anything towards them. Like, no. I, I get why you do that, because you want to be friends with these people but, and you knew that, but it's horrible. It sucks. The, pro the problem is, even in that situation, you can find out, you, you can have that conversation with somebody and you can start talking to them, you can develop a friendship with them. And then somewhere down the line, there's every possibility you're going to hear the conversation of, I don't like black people, but you're all right. You know, yeah. it's, that, that's, that's a genuine, people think that it's perfectly acceptable to say that. Um, yeah. As if, I mean, yeah, like, as if it's like a compliment, like, uh, yeah. like is that a thing? Yeah, so it's not even it's like, yeah, I wish they could all be, be like you, yeah. something like that. I just yeah. can't I imagine mean, that, man. Like, again, I mean, thank you, thank you for, like, genuinely thank you for educating me on, on stuff like this, because I just, it didn't, that would well, never occur to me. That, it's crazy, though. I mean, like, the impact it can have, it, you can be, you can be genuinely scared to just walk down the street. So around when i when i was in high school i used to walk home um i used to walk home there's a place called polton which is where my school was and it's to be honest if you if you're walking it's about an hour walk but on nice days you wouldn't mind it you know it's quite a nice yeah. walk to have um and there were multiple occasions where i was like halfway home and you think i've seen that car a few too many times or someone drives past and shouts something or someone drives past and throws something it's like shit i have to go now and yeah. it's a case of going to a supermarket, going to a public place, make a phone call and get someone to pick you up because you don't feel like you can walk home. And this, this is in, this is in 
you know, relatively, like I was walking through Holton, Thornton, quite nice middle-class areas, if I'm honest. Yeah. Like you wouldn't expect this, but it, it's, yeah, it, it, it doesn't really, it doesn't really change where, where you are. It's dependent on the individuals within the area. So I'm back in Blackpool. I stopped going out in Blackpool around the time of, Whenever, when I was about 19, when I went to uni and after I'd been out in Lancaster with like a good group of people, one thing I really liked about Lancaster is because of the way that the university is, everyone kind of knows everyone. You always feel pretty safe. Yeah. Well, it's campus uni, wasn't it? Yeah, it's campus uni, but you could go into the city, but it's quite a small city, but there was a very good, um, very good community there. But after that, I wouldn't go out in Blackpool because I would just all of a sudden realise that it's possible to go on these nights out without having people trying to fight you or without having people... The thing is, uh, when I first started going out, I had dreadlocks. Later on in time, I had an afro. Um, Oh, I've seen those photos. Yeah, I I stood out. I did stand out. But then people would come over and start wanting to touch your hair. And it's like, I don't know you. Stop touching my head. And people would like grab onto it. And then if you, like, let go of me, all of a sudden people start getting a little bit aggravated and start to get a little bit angry towards you. And it's, like, because I'm not happy with you just coming over and just pulling me around by my head, yeah. that you now have the right to get shirty and try and start a fight. And it, it, it did reach a point where it wasn't worth me going out. And, again, I don't know, I don't know if ethnicity was the reason behind people being like that. I'm not a particularly aggressive person, if I'm honest. My instinct is to try and resolve a conflict by talking to the person or to walk away i don't go out of my way to look for violent situations so after a certain number of times i find myself in them it really wasn't worth me going out anymore but yeah wow i'm it's just i i it this is really not i never i never really i don't i didn't ask because I don't know what, A, you know, we weren't always as close as we are. Like, the first time I met you in Freshers Week, you, you, you know, and you were like, hi, I'm Alex. I went, hi, I'm Rupert. So what was your experience like as a as a black man growing up? Like, you know, obviously there wasn't always a, can you imagine you'd be like, what? what? Like, there, there wasn't all, person didn't ask me that, interestingly enough. The, yeah, there wasn't a, a, good, a good time to ask. But, like, mm. I think what is just so upsetting about all of this and again i admire the fact that you've you've you're so strong and resilient where you just you know it's part it's unfortunately part of life but it's just upsetting that these things are so uh routine i mean the what what you've got fact so this is like the worst case scenario incidents um you know this this isn't like everyday sort of thing but it is it's one of those things like that that that's like the worst thing that can happen that people are trying to physically assault you grab hold of you and things like this um so if if i'm honest it's not like it's not like an everyday consideration there's certain situations where there'll be there'll be things that um like red flags that make you very aware um like if i'm being honest you see a few too many st george's flags in an area you start getting a bit wary it's insane around the time around the time of international tournaments, racism is rife. Yeah. Everyone becomes so xenophobic. It's crazy. And it's like everybody's fair game. This it, is if I'm honest, one of the big problems that I think that we've got in this country is that these these views that people have, and they they, they come to the surface at the time when you have tournaments like this, the casual racism, like the little like 
oh, it's okay for us to say it now because it's a competitive environment. But people don't realise that they're saying some really horrendous stuff. And there's this like really insane ingrained mentality that people in Britain have. I I haven't been to America. I've met Americans and I've seen Americans on TV. I've, I can kind of believe that it's similar in America. But it's this whole idea of exceptionalism that... Um, Basically, it's okay for us to say these things because we're the British. We've done so many good things in the past. When actually, when you look at it, the only thing that you could say is arguably objectively good is fighting the Nazis in World War II. And that was over 70 years ago. Like all the other great British Empire stuff were, were committing acts of mass genocide. Well, that, that's one of the, the problems I think that people are having now is like, if you, you know, Almost every society over the course of human history has done these in both wonderful and awful things. But there's a big problem, like there's a, a huge problem with people in the UK in that we refuse to acknowledge all of the, mm. like, for example, I don't know, like, so Churchill committed atrocities, like, um, mm. re- and had some horrible views. So, like, if you want to um, celebrate the fact that he led us during World War II, then you've got to also you've got to take the bad of the good haven't yeah. you um yeah i've got a to couple of questions sorry yeah okay yeah no go, go on go on no go i was going to say so just because obviously i met you at uni and mm-hmm. um that's you know most of our 99 percent of our experiences together what are our whilst we're at uni so i just had a couple of questions about about that if that's all right yeah so sure. like i suppose the first one would be so you've talked about how though it was positive because it was kind of so in you know um Blackpool was uh, such a, you know, there were so many bad times in Blackpool when it came to racial stuff. And mm-hmm. it was a, it was a very like anti-black, anti-mixed. What, what would you, God, this is really difficult because I don't want to say the wrong thing. Would you rather I said black or mixed race or, I mean, obviously your name is Alex, I, so I could just I call you I, by your name. I don't mind too much if I'm honest. It, it's, um, it, it's with, with things like this, I think the, the intent behind what you're saying is a little bit more relevant than like, I'm, I'm not going to be upset if you call me mixed race I'm not a huge fan of half caste but pure, I just I think that's like meant to be really isn't that a really bad term I mean I, I, I think so but I still you still hear it I, I legitimately had someone use the term darky before now like it was the 1970s it's mad um I mean we're all I don't know I mean I remember I, I remember once asking you at university why because you are I'm right thinking you're you are technically a quarter black, aren't you? Yeah. And I remember asking my grandfather was Jamaican. And yeah. I remember asking you why, and I don't know why I even asked because I'm only a quarter Irish, and I feel way more affinity to that 25% of my genetic heritage more than anything else. Hmm. Um, and I've only been to Ireland, I think, three times in my life, and I just I love that country, and I'm yeah. so proud to be to any any tie I have to that country, I, I'm so proud. Of. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why I even asked you why you uh, saw yourself more as as black when we had the, when we had the same proportion yeah, of. But I remember you saying to me that being not white, you were made acutely aware by white people yeah. that you weren't white, no matter yeah. how how much percentage of your DNA. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I mean th- this this is it's a very weird thing being mixed race. It's a very weird thing being mixed race because the thing is you don't fully fit into either category at all, um, which, you know, that sounds kind of obvious when you think about it. Yeah. But I, I, I haven't really experienced much overt racism from black people, but there are certain, I, I, I don't think it's 
anything other than the fact that they've grown up. If, if certain people have grown up in a certain area, people grown up in Manchester, people grown up in London or areas where there is a more dense black community, there's more, there's just more general people there. There are like aspects of the culture that they've been more exposed to yeah. because they haven't been around as many white people. Um, you know, it, it's or not that they haven't been around as many white people, but they've been around white people everywhere. Like you, you can't escape them. But yeah. they've been around. Um, they've been around. Um, more black people generally so th- there's aspects of it so you don't feel like you fit in but people don't really ever like make you right. aware of that no one's ever like a dick about it yeah. but in when it comes to white people and again not all white people um it's it's it's, it's very much in the minority but one of the things that i've noticed is it's, it's impossible not to be made aware of the fact that you're different and one of the things that people tend to do is they like test the waters. It's like they want to see what they can get away with around you. And they'll end up saying things, you know, they'll slip in like the N word, they'll slip in like a slightly racist joke and just kind of see yeah, what your response to it is. And then something like one of the things that I always find really interesting is if you then react to it, it's like they're waiting for you to respond. And like you're constantly having to make a decision about whether or not this is an issue that I'm going to directly address because these things happen a lot. Um, and when you do respond, the, like what people always say back, and it fascinates me, is you're not black anyway. You know, you're not really black. So anyway. they get to choose, in their head, they get to well, choose how you should respond to it. This, well, this they, is the thing. This thing, people seem to think that you're black enough for them to say the comment to you, but you're not right. black enough to get offended. And I find that fascinating. I, I don't understand like how people make that connection in their own minds, but that is that's that's a very 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 common thing that I've noticed, and it's it is it is a weird situation, and that that's not really gone away that much as you as I've got older. I noticed it a lot at university. Um, it's it's a it's quite a weird thing, but I think also I'm, I'm just kind of more aware because. There's almost like a desire amongst certain people to see what what they can and can't say. Like I, I've never understood why white people want to say the N word. Do you know? What I mean, like yeah, you know, when people... that that really surprised me when you said they were testing the waters. Um, mm. And again, clearly, as you were talking about the person down in Blackpool, upbringing is a huge factor in. And before yeah. you're educated by someone else, what you think you can say. Um, at no point have I ever thought, and I'd like to think most of people I know have ever thought that the N word was okay. That that is a big no, and well, like a that's people a really surprising. Not okay. They seem to know that it's not okay. It's like they're looking at you for approval to be able to say it. That's that's the weird thing. So the, that like, joke about the N word past, some people seem to think that's an actual thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Wow. Because that's. I mean, I. I, I I still find it really tough when uh, if I'm ever you know I've, I I find it really uncomfortable when say if I'm on a night out and a club's playing a song with that word in it and people are singing along I like that makes me cringe a lot yeah. so for people to be saying that in conversation with you or to look like can I say it Alex yeah well it's it's one of those, it, it, like. I just remember every time I was in a club on a night out and Gold Digger came on, 
I'm just looking around at a room of white. I remember seeing that with you. Absolute banger. And it's, but, but you never said it. You never no, said the word. Because a it's lot the of people N- did. It's the N word. <laughs> like, so many people did. I, I feel, but, uh, yeah. To be, wow. to be honest, I, I, don't, I don't think black people should say it either, if I'm honest. It's, it's one of those words. I, I think... And this is kind of like a prime example about why black people shouldn't say it. it's such a charged and offensive word that is it's so insulting and it takes it takes us back to a time where we were literally property. And I understand that people trying to say that they're disempowering it, but yeah. they're not. They're just making it acceptable to say. And it's one of these things. It's it, sh- it should be left there as a testament yeah. to what people have done. What white people have done to black people, it should be left there in language as the fact that people were enslaved to remind people that this happened and that it shouldn't ever happen again. But we shouldn't go around saying it all the time and normalizing it and make it more acceptable because I kind of feel like it's spitting on the memory of my ancestors, if I'm really yeah. honest. Um, Isn't that, uh, yeah. it's not swing. Like, I, 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 you know me, I like to, I talk endlessly and I'm happy to talk about anything, but that isn't like, this is it. So I'm not going to stop you from talking about, it, but that's a conversation that has nothing to do with me. And that isn't a debate that has anything to do with anyone. If you're yeah. white, you've got, but like, isn't that where the whole sort of like hard R d- uh, debate comes in? Like some people, like I know some people go, I've seen some people uh, say, I say yeah. it like this, but not like that. It just, I mean, this is entirely for, you and the WhatsApp that we were taught, like the grand WhatsApp to, <laughs> to discuss. It's, it's, yeah, I, I, there, is, there is a distinction with hard R. Like, it, it, yes, but I don't think that justifies using it without it. It's my personal yeah. opinion. The thing but that's, is, yeah, I'm not gonna say, try, so that's your attitude on it. Like, yeah, it's not, I'm not going to try and dictate it to other people. I'm not going to lecture other, peop- other people who choose to use it yeah. if they're part of the black community because ultimately I'm not an authority on it. I can say how I feel about it and I'm happy to, you know, happy to that, for that to go on record. Yeah. But like I say, my experience is very different to that of a number of yeah. other black people. And I, I wouldn't try and dictate to them what they can and can't say. All I can say is that personally, I'm not a fan of it. And it's, you can see it. Do you ever, you know, um, KSI? Yes, I do. I'd like to say that I, I've only heard of him, but I've watched a lot of KSI. Like, yeah, I, remember, I've watched- I, I watched it initially to be like god i bet this guy's awful and i was like six hours later mm. like like smashing out the the side when playlist like this is incredible have you ever seen it when he does the reddit videos though and it's like he does this thing called like one question go and people are able to just like say one thing or ask him one question uh sorry can you say that again one more time time please he's got this thing called one question go where people who are no i've not seen that right well, basically, people get to ask him one question and he gives a response. And without fail, there's always at least like two or three racist people on there. There's always someone just... Well, that's nice. Consistently as well. And the thing is, these are people who, who like follow him and support him. So you've got to believe to some extent that they don't truly believe in that. But they're saying it because they want to feel like edgy and naughty. Saying it's like, it's yeah. like when you get a kid who says shit or something, you know, when you get like a small child swearing yeah. and they're just saying it to get a little giggle, it's the same thing. And I, my opinion is the fact that it's, it's out there in so many different formats, in so many different sounds, so many TV shows and all this thing, it, it makes people believe that it, it's something to aspire to being able to say. Is, do you think part of it is, um, you know, like uh, there's that, that term token black, like they literally have a character called token in South yeah, yeah. Park. 
do you feel like some people uh need to word this one carefully i'm so getting murdered by someone um in a sense of ownership and not the literal ownership of slavery but some people want to kind of have i've got a black friend and you know you're saying that people want to say that they can say the n-word so like they yeah. want to feel like oh i can say it because i've got my my black mate and he allows me to say it. i'm tight with him yeah yeah I could be completely yeah. wrong, mate. I'm just trying to. I'm I just do, trying no, to. Ask. I do. I do I, in some cases, that's definitely. That, in some cases, that's definitely the case. But you get those. Pretty, I mean, it's not like an unoriginal thing to, for someone to say that they're not racist because they have a black friend. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so that that's not. I'm not homophobic. One of my, you know, my mum's second cousin's, you know, campster's gay. So how could yeah. I possibly be homophobic? I'm not anti-Semitic. I'm not blah blah. blah. Well, just because we've been talking about uni quite a bit, and you were saying about what friends can get get away with, and so to anyone that I've talked to my time at uni about, they'll know this, but you know, a lot of people a lot of people don't. So, in our halls in first year, and then in our house in second year and third year, we had two Alexes. We had mm. you, and then we had uh, our other Alex who. I assume he's doing well. He moved to Asia pretty much the day he graduated and we've never heard from him again, pretty much. So I, on a daily basis, part of me either thinks, you know, I really hope he's not in some, you know, like factory, miserable. Mm-hmm. And he'll have me make things like, is he actually a, you know, a multimillionaire, um, like tech genius or like, you know, drug manufacturer. I've no idea what's going on with him. But, but, but anyway, so we, I don't know who coined the phrase but we had you and Alex, and Alex is white, you're black, so we have Blalix and Walix. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, I'm not trying to speak, I'm going to ask you what your opinions on all of that was, but I know from everyone else, A, it was just a way of simplifying who we were talking about. I mean, God forbid we just call one of you by your surname, that might have made just as much sense. Um, but everyone had nicknames. You know, and it was usually because we just met one another. No one knew anyone about anything, so it was done purely on how people looked. And I'm not, I'm not. Yeah, this is really not sounding good. But basically, I feel elite. You know, we still call you Alex a lot of the time. I think I've tried to say it a bit less, but also because we never speak to Alex. And I remember Alex used to even complain. He was saying that. (laughs) <laughs> we used to say Blalix makes sense. Walix just makes me sound like I have a problem. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but, but there's no there's no way you could have gone Blalix and Alex because <laughs> Yeah, that would have <laughs> yeah, been really bad. Like yeah, yeah I suppose that like Blalix and Walix evens it out. Blalix and Alex. Well, so if I'm honest, that, that didn't really bother me that much. Um it like from it's one of those things intent is very important right. and i like at no point i i don't think that any of you at any point were ever racist to me and i i never felt like that was the case i never felt as though you were doing it to be cruel or to belittle me um i think as well like if you if you'd done it to liam as well and just been like black liam every single time then i might have yeah we've only questions. had one liam but we'll call you Liam. that would have been yeah, really yeah. Um, i suppose i suppose that would seem like if we if if Walex wasn't there and we just called you black yeah that that wouldn't have been cool yeah. like uh, yeah it's it's what it, it's a difficult one to explain and yeah I'm, i was I just mean, trying to ask your opinion on it cuz like i know for example a person that we both lived with for our second and third year, one of our, our very best friends, Nick, who mm. was Greek and hairy. So we called him, well, like a hairy Greek and stuff like that. 
So on the one hand, yeah, I suppose you could normalise it, like I was saying, going, oh, it's just, you know, we were just, you know, boys being boys and teasing one another yeah. and stuff like that. But at the same time, there isn't a historical persecution so of the Greeks it, or enslavement of the Greeks, apart from all the slaves they had, I suppose. It depends on who it is and it depends on the context, if I'm being yeah. honest. Um, so, to, uh, so to give you a point of comparison. Yeah. Um, oh, this is an unpleasant one. Um, so I had a bit of a bad time. I, I, I went to sixth form twice. I went to two different sixth forms. Yeah. I redid my AS and my A-levels in one year, uh, um, a separate sixth form, because my first one, I wasn't having a very good time. I was very right. depressed. I was very unhappy there. Um, and there were some people that I've been friends with for um, some of them I'd known since I was like four years old. Um, and we kind of got into, we weren't necessarily great to each other. You know, it's one of those things where you drink and you kind of dicks to each other, but to the point that it wasn't yeah. okay. Um, and I'm as guilty as anyone else in that, you know, in that group of doing this, we'd say some horrendous stuff to each other, but when it was me, it always seemed to be kind of racially charged. Okay. Um, but, but the thing is, in terms of the, like the, the personal level, I was probably saying things just as bad. Um, but this all culminated on a night where I ended up getting uh, rugby tackled and my arm breaking. Right. And like I left to call my own ambulance and, you know, had to go to hospital to have all this sorted out. And within a couple of days, I had people calling me up saying nigger, nigger, nigger at me down the phone who were the same people who had broken my arm. Right. So it's one of these things. At that point, like we, it was very clear that we weren't on good terms. It was very, very clear. Like, and their decision to do that and the intent behind it was not good, basically. And it, 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 it in that situation, I'm really not okay. Also, the use of language, if I'm being really honest. But the thing is, at the point when we were friends and the point when I didn't think there was any real intent behind it, I was a lot more lenient. Um, yeah. Now I've since that incident i've been considerably less lenient but also i do think that to an extent you can make judgments based on the people around you and what their intent is and they, they, with you guys at uni i never felt for one second that there was any racism there at all um in honest like to be honest lancaster was kind of a very good experience for me in that because there were a couple of there were a couple of incidents, um, but that was that was like odd individuals, and again that was an element of people testing boundaries and seeing what they could get away with when yeah. after they had a few too many drinks. And it, it's not, it wasn't acceptable. But for the most part, my experience at Lancaster was no way near like I'd experienced from other places that I'd been. Yeah. So when I'm talking about you guys at uni and you saying stuff like that. It's, it's really not a problem. Like, ideally, if you say it to people and they don't have any context, it might sound bad. Yeah. Um, but you were never excluding me from any situation. You were never trying to offend me. I, I'm very confident that if I'd said, hey, I'm not okay with this, you all would have stopped immediately. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's it also like, I mean, it's tough. You know, when you were saying, like, I had a few odd experiences. Because on the one hand, mm. it sounds, it's terrible that you should be normalising it. I only had a couple of bad experiences over three years. 
Mm. Um, but also, I, I, I'm supposing, on the other hand, regardless of what the thing is, you will always meet arseholes somewhere. Yeah. Different yeah. levels yeah. of arseholes and different things. But I suppose for the common denominator to be race every time. Mm. Sucks. I mean, we're assuming that I might just be a prick. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, like, I, I, I... Yeah. I mean, did you ever... So whilst you're at university, just because, you know, just because we were talking about the N-word and the use of that, and I know that we're both really big fans of the show Scrubs. Mm. Uh, and there's that great bit where JD and Turk are listening to, I can't remember what the song is, but listening to a song by a, like a, a black guy in the car. And the N-word's about to come up. And he's like, and JD is like, well, can I say it if you're in the car with me? He's like, no, you can't. Mm. And then I think later in the episode, they talk about how... Um, Dr. Kelso, the chief of surgery, wants to, or the chief of, like, the, the chief of medicine wants to use Turk in, like, all of the hospital's promotional campaigns to show, like, mm-hmm. oh, we've, we've got, and then Turk talks about when he was at university, um, they put him on the brochure in twice in the same picture, because right. it's like a whole campus one, and they put him at both ends. So I was going to ask, were, did you ever, were there any times at university when you feel like the university was not trying to go, not at uni? Not at uni. Not uni. I was, I was, and the thing is, I was very into student politics and things like that. So they would have actually had quite legitimate grounds to use me on promotional material yeah. for the college, at least. Um, but no, that never happened. Uh, at high school, at high school and at my first sit form, absolutely. Oh, was absolutely. it? We need someone for the brochure. Wheel him out. Hang him on the thing. front of me. There was a girl, so at, at, um, at my high school, there was a girl called Olivia Martin. And me and her, there's a, there's a kid called Billy. Billy Leung, um, always, always come out, whack them on the front, brochure time, you know, and yeah. at the same time when I, when I was at my, uh, my first sixth form, and I think the term that was always used is you're very photogenic. That, that was the way they described me. Now, yeah. I'm pretty sure you've seen a picture of me in year seven when I was asked to do this and I was fat with dreadlocks and I was a weird looking kid. There's <laughs> no way you would describe me as photogenic. Diverse is what I was. It, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, yeah. what, what I can say, which is nice, because obviously we're both honing in on 30 now. Some mm. of us sooner than others, Alex. Um, <laughs> but things are, I suppose, getting a bit better. Like, um, so the, where I'm working now, we had a rugby match uh, a couple of months ago, and we played against a school that I played against when I was a, a, a young mm. strapping lad. And I remember when I played that school, and this school was in Hull, so I suppose in many ways, you know, Hull and Blackpool maybe are a little bit similar. Maybe, I don't know, maybe. But anyway, so we're playing against Hull. I remember when I played them as a kid, I don't think there was anyone that wasn't white. Or if there was, there was maybe one or two kids. Mm. Whereas when we went to play against them and I was there in a uh, work capacity, the, the school was infinitely more diverse. So I suppose things are getting, getting better at mm. least which is, is nice, but it's still, this is still, like a lot of it is grasping at straws. Like you, I just, I didn't realize how I, you know, this whole, when people saying racism, it's, in, what do they say? It's institutionalized racism yeah. and systemic, and it is. Um, I mean, the that, thing, the thing, yeah, I mean, we've not, we've not even touched on the institutional, <laughs> like the institutional racism, really. I mean, this, this is, this is, this is your, 
overtly racist individuals and like odd situations. But if we're getting onto into the realms of the systemic stuff, I actually we had some very interesting conversations. I mean, just in light of everything that's been going on in America at the moment, there's a, there's a lot that's been discussed. And um, when Charlie's connecting all the dots mm. on, on his map, I feel like it's all coming together. Like. It's weird to think, but I think one of the best things I've ever watched on, you know, is there racism in, you know, is, this, is there systemic racism and things where people would say it isn't racist is Gary Neville. And I love the highlights from Monday Night Football, him and Jamie Carragher. And I don't know if you saw this, and it was uh, ages and ages ago. It was to do with Raheem Sterling. Right. And it was when Gary Neville just came out and he was, oh, I really admired how he was so blunt about it. He went, yeah, it is racist. And like, there's no other way. And I think Carragher did it as well. I think they were both like, yeah, that you can't swing this any other way. Yeah. And people were trying to come up with all these excuses. And he was like, no, it is. And he said, whether you want to acknowledge it is or it isn't. He was like, for example, loads of young footballers have kids by multiple women. Um, mm. But they're all classed as, you know, devoted dads or, oh, it's just boys yeah. being boys. Raheem Sterling's a thug. Um, yeah. And he, you know, he's sleeping around. The others don't get that. And people said, oh, well, Raheem Sterling got loads of grief in the, in the World Cups. But so did Harry Kane. Um, David Beckham, you know, they were burning effigies of him. Uh, yeah. in, after 98, and Gary Neville was like, yeah, but when David Beckham turned things around, he's now the most popular man in the country. He's one of the most popular men in the world. Um, yeah. People take people are being mean about Harry Kane, but when he starts scoring, people love him again. When Raheem Sterling mm -hmm. plays well, doesn't. Every yeah. footballer in the world um, looks for a better transfer. They look to get more money. When Raheem yeah. Sterling went to Manchester City, he's just money hungry. Well, it's his job. If he wants to make more money, then yep. he's perfectly entitled to. So I remember just thinking, like, like now it's all coming together. Like whether people seem to admit it or acknowledge it or not, there are these clear like people are either I don't know if predetermined is the right word, but they have this, uh, you know, the systemic institutionalized racism is clearly there. Yeah, I mean it's the same. The same with uh, Kate Middleton and Meghan Markle, and the way that they've been treated by the press for doing yeah. in loads of situations the exact same thing, but one's portrayed to be a dean. Oh my God! Did you see the Sun? What the Sun wrote is back when Lukaku. I mean, the Sun's a poisonous rag anyway. But what they wrote about Lukaku, it was the summer that he joined Manchester United. Right, and he's also, but like I think he's a devout Catholic, but he um, he was in Africa. And they started running all these articles saying he was practicing voodoo. Right. Based okay. on nothing. That's nothing not on. The fact that he's black and he's in Africa and he's a high profile figure. It's, it's. But, and, and also surely as well, like it would be, it's so sort of, you know, like now you get loads of people and this is not my judgment on people's, you know, spiritual or religious beliefs, but like, there's no negative connotations, maybe a bit of Mickey taking, but like there's no negative connotations to people that go, Oh, I'm a witch. I'm, you know, mm. like when people have, if you're, you know, white, yeah. Yeah, if you're white, yeah. If you're white, I've got, you know, oh, I'm a witch or, Oh, I really believe in like, yeah. you know, the healing power of nature. And so, you yeah. know, you, you know, like Gaia theory. The crystal skulls. Yeah. Crystal skulls. <laughs> That's <laughs> but, fine. But, but if, if you're, you're black, brown and Muslim, you're, get the fuck it's, out it's, of the country. Yeah, it's voodoo. It's, yeah. It's madness. That's, uh, it's utter that, madness. That's the thing. Um, uh, there are all of these incidents where, I'll be honest, like, I, I remember at first when I saw the Meghan Markle thing, I, I thought at first, oh, they're bringing, they are bringing race into it. And the same was that, and then you realise you connect all of the, like I was saying, you connect all of these dots and there's one common denominator every time. Yeah. Like none of these are 
single incident. It's every single one, you mm. know, what do they have in common? This person is not white. Yeah. But the thing is, it, it, it's not it's not surprising. It's actually quite an accurate reflection of the culture of the and the attitudes of the country. Because I mean what you've got to remember is that we literally just voted in Boris Johnson, a man who is on the record officially on a number of occasions been overtly racist. And people voted him in. Oh yeah, didn't he say the letterbox shit. thing and stuff yeah. like that? And and flag waving pickaninnies. But no one bats an eyelid. Oh, it's just Boris being Boris. Yeah, Whereas it's, quite, if, it's funny. Yeah. Whereas if it was a black politician saying it about white people, they'd be effectively lynched. You know, it's their career would be done. I mean, there's this whole thing with um you've watched the The Last Dance, right? What a documentary. Fantastic. Yeah, incredible. Fantastic. But there's a section on it when Barack Obama, they're talking about Michael Jordan and how they feel like he didn't do enough for the community. And, he t- and they refer to like the difference that Muhammad Ali made. And Obama comes on and basically says, if you are a successful, high-profile black person, you can be successful. But you better not bring race into any issue that you come up against. You, know, you, yeah. you can't make any reference to it because they will just hang you out to dry. Why are you and bringing it, race into it? That's what, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, you know, you're saying about the, the Boris Johnson thing and then Barack Obama. Um, so obviously my, my surname sounds Dutch. I'm not Dutch at all, apart from... To tell people fact, you, I was gonna say, you came up with this idea. So <laughs> anyone didn't know I used to look like I was completely morbidly obese. When it came to meeting girls, I needed any and every advantage I could get. So you said, tell people you're Dutch royalty. It worked every now and then. But here's the thing, if I ever ran for political office... I highly doubt anyone would go, where's your passport? Um, yeah. Where are you from? Where's your birth certificate? Birth I'm, I'm sorry, to be fair, I'm sure the administrative people would want to know where my passport yeah. is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or they might go, oh, you know, that's quite, quite a cool name. You know, I like that. Um, whereas with Barack Obama, it was, you know, where's his birth certificate? Who's saying, well, that one guy said I'm a saying had the same name. So they must be like the same person. Mm. But it's just... Oh, it's just, it just sucks. It's everywhere. It's just, it's short-sighted and stupid people who don't know too much about the culture and panic. It's, it's, it's largely built of ignorance and fear. Like, yeah. you can have conversation with people and change their mind. Like, there were, you were talking, I think it was before the call, about the guy who was converting clan members. Yeah, um, to anyone like, that has never heard of him, Daryl Davis. Yeah, YouTube him. He's on Russell Howard's Good News, but he has a fantastic TED Talk, and he... he, he and I, this isn't me telling people how to act. This is just how he, he said that in his opinion, you know, it comes down to, like you say, it comes down to education. And he helps people. I think he says he doesn't directly help them leave the clan. But I don't know if that's just him being modest, but he talks about yeah. he just tries to educate people. But this is, this is, this is one that is, is kind of difficult because you get a lot, a lot more damage can actually be done by people just immediately getting angry. It's very hard to know how to respond and how to handle this because the thing is, you get a lot further in, with people. You know, honey gets you a lot further than vinegar. You know, a, a, you've got sometimes you have to entertain people with the most appalling opinions and views in order to try and win them around. Because the second that you put somebody in a box and just say you're a racist, they're going to lean into it. If you should, because the thing is, a lot of people when you start talking to them about issues like race, shut down and they get on the defensive and they get themselves entrenched and they don't want to have that conversation. So you have to almost make people feel like they're not, which is so surreal. We have to make people feel like 
the white person is not threatened by us having a conversation about racism right now. And you, right. you can have these views. And it, I, I don't mind people having a discussion with me, even if they have some really bad views, because it, it opens up the opportunity to sort of change those views. But at the same time, it's, it's really, you can't also just be tolerant. Like that person has to walk away from that conversation yeah. feeling, you know, thinking differently. And if they don't think differently, that's a point that you have to make it very clear that you don't approve of what they think. Um, but if you, if you go into it hard, like, again, this whole thing, this Facebook thing, I don't normally get involved in Facebook arguments, but there are a number of people attacking my girlfriend. It kind of... You used to, though. I remember the, the Alex of yeah, University. Keyboard warrior. Keyboard warrior. But I've stopped. I've, to be honest, it's pointless. You don't get anything from it. No one's mind ever changes. You just get more entrenched. So it's, it's, it's yeah. a waste of energy. Um, but if you are going to try and have a conversation with people about it, you need to be not necessarily open to the possibility, like not, you're not going to be open to the possibility that you know, they're going to change your mind. Like I'm not going to be convinced by someone that black people are terrible. But, but at the same time, you've got to give them the opportunity to say their piece so you can yeah. disprove it. Well, that's the, that's um, the thing. I know we've spoken about this beforehand. And God, someone's not going to like what I say here. Um, but like, so for example, I've posted, I waited, I didn't post stuff immediately on Instagram about, or Facebook about, you know, the stuff that's happened with George Floyd. Mm. Not in a sort of like, I didn't think the world is waiting for my opinion because they certainly weren't and still are. Mm -hmm. But we've talked about this more for political stuff, you know, when the election was coming up and yeah. it was a, when people think if I post something on Facebook or Instagram, yeah, it's, you know, it's good intentions, but what necessarily are you doing? Are you accomplishing with that? Yeah. But also, and I used to say this to people all the time when the election was coming out, if your Instagram or Facebook is private, or especially your Facebook, if you've only got your friends of it, and a lot of the time your friends will either have the same political mm -hmm. leanings or be very similar. So for example, you might be Labour, you might be Conservative, and your friend might be Labour or Conservative, but that's not, they're not always massively opposing parties, especially if you're kind of centre of that party. So all people are really doing in so many of these situations where we've, we've talked about this is surely it's like farting in a glass and then going, oh, don't you just love the yeah. smell? Because you, you're just puppeting. So like, I remember people, you know, you see people go, oh, I hate all these Tories. And then all of their mates are Tories. So they just go around think. Yeah. So all of their mates hate Tories as well. So they go around thinking they've got the best. Yeah. You know, they're so smart because there's no dialogue Echo going chambers. on. Yeah, it's an exact thank you. Yeah, there's no dialogue going on there. It's just... Yeah. You know, the really key thing, so something that a lot, so this again goes back to what we're saying, a lot of people I've noticed, if someone disagrees with them, they'll just like remove them, they'll block them, they'll purge them, you won't have a conversation with them. And it's one yeah. of the worst things you can do because these people's minds aren't ever going to change otherwise. It's, it's one of these things. They're going to think that you're an idiot. The way that Google works, so everything that you're doing online is being tracked and everyone's yeah. trying to market things towards you. And as a result, everything that you Google is tailored towards your interests. So if I were to Google something around the Black Lives Matter movement, it would be totally different to somebody who, for example, follows Fox News. And yeah. we're both going to be thinking that the other person is a complete idiot because the information's right there. All I had to do was go and Google. So if you're refusing to engage with these people and have a conversation and just act like they're not there, that's how we become divided. That's yeah. how this, these polarized situations happen because people are just being locked, locking themselves in echo chambers, not listening to the opinions of other people. There's a lot of things. 
I think on matters of race, to be honest, I'm not going to be persuaded otherwise. Yeah, like, I suppose, I, I, race and but, politics are different, but I feel like they're... But, but I'm happy to keep people on there who have views that I disagree with because I, am, I, I would like to try and change their mind. I don't think that it's safe or healthy to allow or, or a society to grow in a way where people are so divided over such huge issues without trying to confront it and trying to fix it. Yeah, I, I completely. Well, there's that. I mean, I, I, I know. Well, well, I say we're getting off topic. You know, the, it's a free flowing podcast, and it's uh, it's good yeah. to talk about it anyway. But there's that fantastic, um, a lot, uh, incredible South Park episode that came out a couple of years ago called Doubling Down. Mm. I don't know if you've seen it, but basically. Cartman has had this girlfriend that he has treated. By the way, if you ever side with Cartman, you're the bad, you know, you're wrong. Like Trey and Matt have both said, you shouldn't be siding with, he is the villain. He is not a great character. Cartman is the worst. But he, um, the episode's called Doubling Down and he's been in this relationship with this girl and he's abusive towards her. He's he's awful. Um, And she breaks up with Cartman. And instead of, people welcoming welcoming her with open arms. They go, well, you're such an idiot. You're, I can't believe you're ever with him. You're the worst person ever, you, you idiot. And what happens is she doubles down and she goes back to Cartman because she feels so rejected. And so that's what they do on the micro level in that episode, on the macro one. I keep on using that phrase and I hope I'm getting it correct. <laughs> um, <laughs> they, they have all these people that voted for, it's not Trump, I think it, it's Mr. Garrison in the, in the show, Mrs. Yeah. Garrison. Um, who is, you know, clearly meant to be Trump. Yeah. And all these people talk about how, uh, you know, oh, I wish I hadn't voted for it. And then all of the people, instead of going, it's fine, you know, it's not the end of the world, another election will come. You can vote for a different, either a different member of a, that party or for, you know, the different, a different party altogether. They make fun of the people. They call them idiots, racists, ignorant, of which obviously some Trump supporters will be. But they uh, and they end up doubling down on on yeah. Mrs. Garrison for that. So yeah, like what what you say it must be the same thing of like yeah, I think race you're less likely to be wanting you know willing to try and change someone's mind. But there must be some people that are misinformed yeah. that if you just blanketly go, for example, oh well if you, if you you're a racist or oh if you vote for this party you're a you know you're a bigot blah blah. blah well, what are you going to accomplish through that? Yeah. I mean, and the thing is, the thing is, you've seen, I mean, again, it's going slightly off topic, but there's been results. For example, in the election when Trump got, you know, when Trump got elected, when Brexit happened, people wrote off massive swathes of people not trying to convince them otherwise because they didn't think it was worth the time. But as a result, those people won. You yeah. Know, it, yeah. They, they doubled down. But yeah, we are, we are getting off topic. Let's, um, Mate, we've solved racism, so we'll get off. We've solved, nailed it, yeah. Um, <laughs> So I, I, want, I want to talk a little bit more about the um, the whole situation that's going on in America at the moment. But you go nuts. You talk. Yeah. Um, so firstly, if anyone's listening, um, it was really cool, sort of, on Instagram with everyone doing like the Blackout Tuesday thing yesterday. However, it's very, very important that people don't just do it as a one-off thing. Like I say, the whole, like people tend to like something or share something on Instagram or Facebook and feel like they've done the bit. This, this can't be Coney 2012, okay? Like this is, this is colossal. Um, I, I made an active point of sharing 
um, a picture of George Floyd to try and cut through it all with links to charities yeah. that can help support um, the Black Lives Matter movement, that can support George Floyd's family and can support um, anti-racist charities here in the UK as well. And I think it's it's really important that firstly people keep up with it and secondly that instead of just sharing something, actually put your money where your mouth is and try and, try well, and support mate, the... Look at... Um, Caroline Flack tragically taking her own life a couple of months ago. Yeah. And for, uh, what, four or five days, everything was hashtag be kind. Yeah. Um, and people just posting it's okay not to be okay. And yeah. I've suffered a lot with mental health. I know you have as well. And at least for me, it was never a matter of feeling, you know, if, if I'd just seen it's okay not to be okay, I would have been like, well you know, brilliant, I'll go and tell everyone now. You need people to actually, who's actually checking in on their friends? Who's actually mm. seeing if people are right? So yeah, that just faded away. So sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I, just, I completely no, agree no, no. with you. Like, um, yeah, this has to be more than just, well, I've put, you know, right, I've posted the blackout photo, uh, what's for tea? That's it, I've done my bit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry, you, you uh, carry on, mate. The, the, the unfortunate irony of everyone sharing the blackout picture, though, is that night, Donald Trump tear gassed an entire crowd so he could go for a photo op in front of the White House and shoved them all to one side. And people didn't see it at the time because everyone was sharing the blackout thing. So it's, it's one of those things where the gesture, the gesture is nice, but actually in certain circumstances it can do more harm than good. Um, it's a really, it's a hard one to tell. But at the same time, I'm not going to criticise anybody for doing it because, you know, it, it's, it's, I don't think that there should be arguments within a movement when everyone's on the same side about what's the best way to support people. I think that's a really unhealthy debate to have. And I think that everyone who's shown support in their own way, thank you. You're doing a fantastic job, but we've got to try and push this one over the line. Cause the thing we're in a really dangerous situation now, like what's we, we, America is either going to turn a corner and have something glorious happen as a result of this, or they're going to really go the other way and it's going to be horrific. So we've got to do everything yeah. that we can. And the thing is, if it goes bad there, it's going to ripple out across the West of the world. Like, well, you know that, um, that Daryl Davis guy that I was talking about, he, he talked about in, when he was on Russell Howard's Good News, and this is a fair few years ago as well. So hmm. I'll be honest, I kind, of, I kind of assumed Trump would have been impeached by now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he's stubborn. But uh, <laughs> he talks about, Daryl Davis talks about how Trump he was like, he's going to be the best thing for America. And his analogy is when you said, you know, if you imagine you fracture your leg, they have to break it to put it back into the right place. So what you were saying is like, I think he was hoping that maybe all, so if you then translate it to this, he is hoping this does something truly wonderful. But at the same time, you know, it sounds obscene now, but then the, the coronavirus seems obscene. So I suppose there is a tiny chance that this could erupt into a colossal civil war. Who knows? The problem, the problem with that, I understand what you're saying, but the problem with that, the reason that Trump got elected by a lot of people is I feel as though they thought having Obama and having a black president was such a big problem. They thought that that was the breaking of the leg and that yeah. Trump was the time for healing. And there are enough people who will still believe that all the stuff that he's doing now, all the behavior, all this, it's feeding into his existing voter base. So we've got to hope to God that people in the, in the swing states change their opinion of him. But the thing is what he's doing in the way that he's responding to all these situations, there's a lot of people out there that unfortunately really, really like it. So it's, we can't assume anything. 
yeah, you know, got to fight tooth and nail right up to the point that he's gone because otherwise we're kind of dooming ourselves to be stuck in this situation. Yeah. But sorry, so you were talking about the, the stuff in America. So if you want to, you just, mm. you go, you go, mate. You just. Um, I mean, no. I, I'm finding myself conflicted about the, um, the rioting. Yeah. If I'm honest. Well, I think we can both agree, surely, that anyone that goes to George Floyd's death, A, it wasn't murder. It wasn't manslaughter. Um, like, I know we've just said that you can't just take people off Facebook, but trust me, I've wanted to. The people that say, A, it wasn't murder, it definitely was. Yeah, but was also, murder. how people have said it wasn't racially charged is beyond me. Like, just... But, I mean, the thing, the, the, like I said, America's got a big history of that. The, th- the yeah. thing is, I mean, this, this is why, w- with the riots... There's two ways of looking at it. I mean, one, one of the things that really bothers me about it is there are people out there that have opinions of black people that believe, that, you know, that think that we're animals, that think that we're just violent and thugs and that the police's response is perfectly justified and that they're going to see people writing. And the thing is, there's people, there's people of all races writing, but they're going to, I guarantee you that the camera picks up the black guys doing it and it's just going to justify the yeah. opinions that people already have. But, on the other hand, how many people have been murdered by the police? I mean, there was the whole, what was he? Um, well, since 2015, 5,000, I know this because it's my charity thing, 5,338 people have been shot by police. Now, that isn't hmm. specifically black people, but that's just a giant yeah. amount of human beings. But also, well, when you say in the writing thing, like, yeah, I'm in two minds about it. But surely, you know, this is entirely uh, a situation that has been created by yeah. the system. Absolutely. Like, regardless Absolutely. of your opinion on it, this, it's not come out of the blue. Like, this is, it was surely inevitable. Like, yeah. there was no way this wasn't going to happen. Well, the th- the th- this, is, this is a thing, because there's been a number of occasions that have been near identical to this and the only thing that's changed this time is people have lost their shit and kicked off i mean we had um there was trayvon martin and the the guy who shot him george zimmerman literally was able to go he got he got acquitted of everything he he was acquitted of all charges and then he went and sold the murder weapon on fucking ebay and got away with it and then there was uh, uh, i think it was last month the uh amid amid arbery is his name? I'm just going to quickly check that. Uh, right. Yeah, that rings a bell. Where he was literally running. He was just jogging and he got followed by people in a car and shot with a fucking shotgun. Yeah. And it, again, no charges until people lost a temper and kicked off about it. So after all this has happened and you've had the whole Black Lives Matter movement and people responding saying all lives matter and blue lives matter and people are tearing into people like, um, what's his face? Kaepernick for taking a knee and people are yeah. trying to do peaceful protests and it's not getting anywhere. Oh, I, well, did you see that meme I posted on my story? It's the, the you know, why didn't I think of that? And it's Colin Cameron and people go, why are they rioting? Yeah. What happened to a peaceful protest? It's like, yeah. Uh, yeah. like he, it, 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 it didn't get anywhere. So yeah, I, yeah, to be honest, there's a part of me that says, well, he was, criti- he was criticized for his peaceful protest. Remember? Yeah, he was. So the, the peaceful option doesn't work. And there was a really, really, really interesting art. Like, um, video from Trevor Noah on The Daily Show 
where he's talking about how... Is this the reparations one? No, no, it's about the, the social contract that you sign when you become part of a community. So yeah, by, by existing as part of a country, you agree to adhere by certain rules, and as a result, you are going to get certain benefits as a result of being a part of that society. So if you obey the law, it's perfectly reasonable to expect that the police will protect you, that you will get access to healthcare services, that you'll be able to go to schools. And the problem is black people haven't really benefited from that in the way that they should be doing. But they're being expected to follow the rules when they're being put into worse schools, not being offered job opportunities and literally being shot by the police. You know, there's, there's a number of murders and there's no other word for it. They are murders that are happening. So to then expect that, but like, you be quiet, you obey the law. When the law isn't doing anything to protect them, the rules that they're following aren't benefiting them in any way, shape or form. Why would you follow them? You know, honestly, why would you? But the, the, my, my concern truthfully, is that the areas that they're damaging are their own homes. Because yeah. the thing is, they're going to be the people that have to rebuild this. We all saw what happened after Katrina in New Orleans. They got left alone. No one fucking helped them. Yeah. Um, the, this, the anger is necessary in order to get the point across. So there's this whole yeah. position. I, I kind of always feel like, to an extent, cer certain levels of extreme views are acceptable or responses because they push the boundary of what is an acceptable discourse. So if these responses weren't happening, then the behavior, for example, like kneeling when there's a national anthem gets considered to be a bit too extreme. Whereas I guarantee you after these riots, people want to have a conversation with about it. That yeah. comes across a lot more moderate. You, yeah. you, I'm not saying that people should go out and assault people and rob people as a result, as a, as a way of getting the point across, because that's definitely not what it is. But I can I can see how it got to the situation. It, it's, it's the Rodney King situation all over again. Yeah, I mean, well, with the riots as well, um, and I saw something so profound, and it was it pointed out right. Regardless of your opinion on the riots, anyone that didn't speak out after the George Floyd, George Floyd murder, but is now passing judgment on the riots, you're just as much mm. a part of the problem. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Uh, it's all. I mean, yeah, I'm sure, may, I don't know, maybe part of the reason the rioting happened is also because we've had this whole pandemic stuff as well. So, you know, people, you know, cabin fever saying, I, I don't know. It's, it's not helped, but to be honest, but yeah, it's like, no, the, the, this has happened too many times yeah, for people I, not to respond. And the thing, the thing is, the, the only started to investigate, the only started to press charges when people kicked off about it. Yeah, that's that's it. They they, they weren't going to take it seriously, so it needed this response to push it to to make something actually happen. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it is it is ridiculous that it's had to happen. She'd think that one would be enough. I mean, you know, you mentioned Chris Rock earlier. Mm. Uh, God, I love that guy. He's so funny. But he uh, have you seen? He has this great video. Where he talks about people go, oh well, it's it's a few bad apples. And he, he talks about how, like, you know, the police are not an inherently bad pe group of people. And there will be, the vast majority want to truly, excuse me, serve, serve their country. But he's like, you can't have a few bad apples in the police. It mm. doesn't work. He's like, if you had an airline that one in every hundred flights crashed, and I don't know, yeah. maybe that is the statistic. I don't, I don't actually know. But like, you wouldn't go, oh, well, what, every couple of our pilots are a few bad apples. 
Yeah. You'd never fly off that airline again. No. It can't, this can't be like, oh, that waiter's a bit rude. It's not the same thing, you know, you can't go, that waiter's a bit rude or, you know, yeah. stuff like that or, you know, that hairdresser doesn't have the best chat. You can't, oh, you know, most of them are good, but that policeman does, you know, racially murder people. That isn't uh, yeah. like a thing. You can't have that as a, as a part of the, you know, mm. as, as just it's part not, of the job. It's not just the murders. As well. I mean, don't get me wrong, the murders are horrendous, but do you know the way that the prison system works in America? Uh, not massively, no. I'm not going to like so, what you say, am I? So, no, it's, it's fucked. There's a really good Louis Theroux documentary on it. But basically, you have jail and you have prison. Right. And prison is where you go after you've been through the, the legal process, after you've gone through court and you've been found guilty. Jail is where they hold you whilst that court case is pending. And you can be held in jail for an indefinite period of time. And if you can't make bail, you are stuck in jail. So there's a load of black people who are from really poor backgrounds who can't afford to pay bail, who get arrested for misdemeanors or things that they might not have even done, who get thrown into jail, can't afford to pay bail, and their court date just gets pushed back and back and back. And eventually they're spending decades in jail without any sort of hearing. it's, It's so illegal because there's, there's no due process that's happening. They're waiting for the due process to happen and they're not allowed to go anywhere. They're not allowed to leave. They're not, they, they're not given any freedom. It's madness. Yeah. That's, uh, and again, that's just very racist. Mm. But like, I know part, part of me feels like we're just repeating, but also, you know, the, the conversation can't stop ever. But like this whole thing, I think when people think of racism, they think of the outward the clan, the, the saying yeah. those words, they don't think, and that they includes me because I feel like this is quite a recent thing for me and I will still probably keep on making mistakes, but you don't think of all of these tiny ways in which people, I'm sorry, I, I say tiny as in not visible. I'm not, yeah, I'm not, yeah. Um, I, I hope that people realize I'm not, trying to get say the wrong thing oh no mate you've come across a horrendous on this <laughs> well that's the thing uh, so whilst alex was talking about the um what's it called the trevor noah thing i had to go grab my charger and i just signaled to him over the video like keep talking so for all i know and i'll only find this when when i put this because i don't have to edit this for swearing so i said yeah i feel like it respects the situation to to have that for all i know but whilst i walked off you just went right okay whilst he's not here he's actually pure evil like he's made me do this he's made me say things he's... Check. you're a christian aren't you yeah why is why is that cross in the background burning there oh. <laughs> don't, say, don't say that <laughs> don't say that um but the thing is those, those i mean i've had a number of experiences with the police in the uk and none of them have been positive um well to be fair this whole thing's meant to be about growing up in the uk so would you mind elaborating on yeah, sure. So um, there are a couple of points where I've been walking back home and I've been stopped and asked for ID and just sort of to check who I am for no other reason than the fact that I was walking down the street. And I, I can only assume that that's because they were looking for someone who was a brown young male. I mean, that's I hadn't done anything wrong. I was literally walking around town. Um, See, I've been offered assistance with getting home. Have you? Yep. Not once. No, Not I've, once. Be, I've been offered a lift home before. Mm. so i think yeah and i know yeah, some I people go well, that's just two situations well you know as we've seen there's uh, a, it's, it's it's not all right so we had an incident where my sister got spiked on her birthday 
So she was the victim here, and we've ended up calling the police because she's, I mean, she, actually, it's happened two occasions that she's been spiked. And she's been erratic because she's been spiked. Um, and the police have been called. And there's, the one that really sticks out in my mind is um, she's come back home and she's not in a great way. And my mum's called 999 because she's like, she's got to go to hospital. And the person on the end of the phone can hear what's going on. And they send a police officer around as well. And they see that my sister's not doing great. And she was shouting, but she was completely out. And we're trying to explain this to the police. She's then gone out, called for backup, and about 12 police officers come round to my house. And my sister's about five foot seven. And, you know, she, she's not a big girl. It didn't require all these people. And they're, they're all of them pulling around, dragging them onto the floor, on her back, handcuffing her, slamming them in the back of a van. And this was also at a point because she's got her own mental health issues. Well, we're trying to get make sure that we can get to see her and she's not, like, locked in there overnight. And no one makes any effort. No one gave a shit. I videoed it on my phone and they're threatening to arrest me if I don't give them their, my phone. It's mad. That's um, not legal. Mind. I know. I, I'm yeah. not the kind of person who can recite all of our rights to the police, but I, I know for I, a fact I, that's not legal. I know it's not legal as well. And I'm trying to explain to my mum that it's not legal and that I'm hanging on to my phone. But having 12 police officers shouting at her and threatening to arrest me kind of made me have to give it up for the sake of my mum's sanity because she just yeah. watched her, her daughter get carted off. Um, and this, bear in mind, this, we know this isn't all police. My dad's best friend until the day he died was a police officer. And my, one of my best friends from high school, parents who are lovely people who've been looking welcome are police officers. But there's, it's, it's like you say, there, there are bad apples there and it's not acceptable for them to be that. Like there, there was a guy I worked with um, when I worked for an energy company for a while who he was working there. And I, I can only hope that he wasn't in the police. Basically, he, he's he explained to us that he wasn't in the police at the moment because he was having budget cuts, but he was going to be going back as soon as resources became available. But he told us a number of stories about how it was really funny to like tase people and to basically go around acting like a thug and you can call for backup and have everyone show up. And it, it's basically just thuggish behavior with it. And it's justified because you've got a badge. It's, it's, yeah, I, there'll I, be I so many people that do it because they have a bit of power over their fellow man. Yeah. This, this really isn't all of them. Uh, but there, it's enough of them for it to be a problem. And like I say, yeah. it, only, it only takes one for it to be a serious issue. But this is, and this is, it kind of leads into this. So when we're talking about the Obama thing before and the Michael Jordan thing, and you can't say anything about race or you can't do anything, it comes with this added pressure. If you are a racial minority in a white country, you have to be perfect. Because the thing is, people will stop you even if they don't necessarily have a reason to, if you're in the wrong area. And I mean, this is, so when we lived in Beijing for a while, this is something that I was talking to Naomi about because she, there was a point when we'd had a couple of drinks and she basically ended up like kicking a traffic cone. And then she didn't understand how I got so worked up about it. And it's one of these things like, I was very aware from the moment that we landed how much we were being watched. Whereas, because it, that sort of thing had never been a problem for Naomi, it didn't necessarily occur to her. But I'm trying to explain, over here, there is, there is a lot of xenophobia over here. And it's, it's weird because you're almost, in some ways, you're almost treated, uh, you know, as privileged above others because of your status. But at the same time, you're never fully welcome there. And they are looking for that fuck-up so that they can, you know, take issue with it. And I'm trying to explain to her that, 
if you are the minority in the area, there are always, always, always going to be people who don't like you because of that, like no matter what. And there's nothing that you can do about it. And it can't, it culminated. We ended up having some hate speech written on the wall outside of our flat. Um, and one of our neighbours like turning up trying to get our dogs taken off and shouting at us. He kicked our dog and it was very unpleasant. Again, in the minority, but it doesn't take many of them. You know, it, it just takes somebody who's looking for that excuse. And it's, it's that case that you have to be perfect in all circumstances. Like I, if I'm out and about and people are shouting and being loud, I'm not the person doing it because I know that if for whatever reason someone calls the police, someone takes issue with it, someone's going to be asking me some questions. And there's just a lot less. I don't think it's like, it's not necessarily like a less, less freedom that you have, but it's just a greater awareness of what people will try and trip you up for doing. So what, one time when I was, one, one of the times when um, I was walking home from school and people threw stuff at me, eventually, um, so basically someone threw a coin at me, hit the back of my head, I shouted, what the fuck, which I think is quite reasonable. The people in the car then pulled over and started getting out and threatening me. And it was only because a guy who was walking down the street called the police um, that they ended up leaving. And when I went back home, my dad was really pissed off that the police had got involved before I spoke to him because he wanted to speak to his friend who was in the police force to make sure it was dealt with properly. And I didn't fully understand. So this was, um, this was before the incident with my sister. This was the first time that I realized that we had these sort of problems. And the police officer comes around and basically I explain what happened. She goes, well, what did you do to them? I said, I walked down the street and she goes, well, did you say anything? I said, well, a coin hit me. And I said, what the fuck was that? And she goes, well, there you go. You shouted at them. It's like, are you, are you serious? Like, I think in the end, he went around and gave the person a warning. But the initial question is, what did you do to deserve that? Not why, you know, yeah. what did these people look like? Where did they come from? What car were they driving? The, literally the first thing that came out of her mouth. Man, that's just, it's just terrible. Mm. And it's just, it's everywhere. Like those videos that we do in the rounds, like you've seen the guy who was videoing that woman in the park in the States because she yeah. was walking her dog about, without being on mm. the lead. And mm. at no point is she asked to give a description to the police. She just says, I will tell them that an African-American male. And she's saying that because she knows full well yeah. that gets yeah. saying African-American will get a response. Like she knows exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the woman's being fired or something like that. And yeah, you know, I'm they not took a dog off her. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, dogs don't want, but, don't, don't let dogs hang around a racist. Well, no, right? there was, there was this, this whole thing about how the, the dog shelter that gave her the dog reacted quicker than the police in handling the matter. Right. It's, 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 it's crazy. Um, no, but that, that's quite a common thing, though. And you see a lot of people, you've seen all those videos where there's like a black person in the gym in their housing complex and someone's coming over to them and filming them like, what are you doing here? Yeah, I have. I mean, there's that one of that, that guy in the States. God, I, there's millions of them, unfortunately. Millions of examples, not, you, you know what I mean? Um, and he's like, a photo of me walking with my dog and my daughter or something like that. He's like, I've never walked in my neighborhood on my own. And I don't think I ever will. Because he said, when I'm with my family, I'm a parent. But when it's just me, I'm a muscular six foot two black man walking in this pavement on my own. Mm. And it's just, it's just awful. 
Yeah, it's not it's not just black people as well though. Like like I say, to be honest, most of the racial abuse I tend to receive, people assume that I'm of Arabic heritage, and it tends to be. I've been called a Paki a lot, um, so I, I I feel a lot for people, for especially Muslims, because it's it's almost socially acceptable still to be racist towards Muslim people. They're basically black people. Muslims now are black people in the seventies in England. The way that people treat them, yeah. and it, it's it's treated like it's absolutely acceptable and no one really questions it like every now and then someone will take umbrage or something but it never goes anywhere well i was just about to about to ask because obviously we, we were talking i don't know if we mentioned it in this podcast but we were t- i was saying to you off camera maybe, maybe i did say in the podcast i don't know um that one thing with with how light-skinned you are but with dark dark hair you mm. could probably you're quite racially ambiguous yeah um, and at the moment because when i i posted loads of photos of us whilst we were at uni together mm. and whilst we were at uni you always kept uh like a grade one beard and and head of yeah. hair which by the way one of my favorite ever times of you was when you asked me to shave the back of your head about a guard <laughs> and i accidentally took loads of hair off at the oh back tried to get no. away with it but because you but because, yeah because we were both looking at the room you saw me go like my eyes just like <laughs> roll like five times. And you were like, what happens? No, nothing. It's fine. It's fine. But um, <laughs> what I was going to say was, um, yeah, I think if, if I think if someone didn't know you, they probably would maybe assume you're of, of, of Asian origins right now. Yeah. Um, I mean. <laughs> wow. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Bless him. No, he, he was, he was, it was quite easy to put him at ease, but. No, I mean, look, I'm not trying. Like I was saying of the England thing, uh, England shirt thing earlier, and they're not, they're not the same. And God, I hope people don't take this the wrong way. But I know there, there are just like to try and find some common ground. There are times when I have to try and think how do I want to go about a situation, but they're far few and far because of my size and my shaved head. Mm. But they're very, very, very few and far between. Yeah, and I just, you know, I feel like. It's nothing compared to what you might have to deal with. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a weird one though, because this is one of those ways where I am more privileged than other black people. So what one thing that I've always had to consider is there are countries that I don't feel like I would go to because they have a lot of racist incidents there, and a lot of assault and a lot of violence towards black people, and I don't know whether or not they would consider me black enough to attack. Whereas there are people with darker skin tones than me who wouldn't stand the chance. So again. In some of the countries that I've been to, I think that most people or a lot of people assume that I'm white with a tan. Um, and in certain, like, less, it doesn't really happen when I'm in the UK, but when I've been to other countries, I've basically almost got a white pass, um, which is strange because it's one of those things you don't realize it happens until you speak to black people who weren't given that access or that weren't right. allowed to go somewhere. And you realise that holy shit! Like I've actually, I, I was completely oblivious that that was a thing. Um, like being mixed race, sometimes, like I say, not so much in England, if I'm being honest. Um, but you can kind of see it from the other side and not not have to like suffer from it. And it does make you realise that again, you can be quite privileged just from having lighter skin. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. There were, there were places that I wouldn't go to that I would say that other people definitely, definitely shouldn't go to. Um, but I'm also hesitant. So this is one of the things after having spent time in 
China. There were incidents in China. Most Chinese people are lovely, but there were incidents in China. But I'm hesitant to bring it up. One of the reasons being, especially post-coronavirus, has been this massive surge of racism. Well, actually, it's not even a surge of racism towards Chinese people. I think it's always kind of been there. Like, people don't openly talk about it. But again, like we were saying with Asian people, people seem to, like, seem to almost feel like it's fair game. So there's a really good documentary on Netflix. It's like a series. It's a show called Ugly Delicious with um, a guy called David Chang, which I think is really worth watching because firstly, it's fantastic. It's a really interesting show about food. It talks about the culture behind it. And he is of Korean descent and speaks at length about what it's like growing up being Korean in America. And there's this whole thing where you're like ridiculed, basically. So no one is as like... These days, people aren't as aggressively like violent towards Asian people as they would be towards black people. They don't have to fear for life as much, but historically they have done because they've worked on, um, there's an episode about shrimp and shrimping vessels and how basically uh, certain port towns adopted the clan because um, they thought that they were being undercut by Vietnamese workers. And then it became really hostile for Asian people to live there. Um, but he also talks about just how casually indifferent people are in their attitudes towards Chinese people. And it's one of the things we have a friend, um, name is best friend's boyfriend, Mikey, who we've known for a while, is is in Blackpool. And basically he had to go to hospital right at the start of this coronavirus thing. People are all moving the kids away from him. Just but he 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 was going in for like an injured wrist. He wasn't coughing. He was you know it wasn't anything visibly remotely coronavirus about him but he was Chinese and <sighs> so people are moving away from him um it's really 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 weird also on the note of that tv show there's a really interesting bit about black about um fried chicken and the origins of fried chicken and how it basically got adopted by white people so really actually people shouldn't eat at KFC because it was fried chicken was a means of people earning the, their money to uh, buy their way out of slavery mm-hmm. I made some things. very good fried chicken a couple of weeks ago. Did you? Yeah. Man. Well, you are. What's the, what's the term? I didn't sell it. Cultural appropriation. <laughs> yeah, you're culturally appropriating. Black um, people. No, uh, it, basically, people like to own chickens and sell the meat from those chickens, um, and that was how people would buy their way out of slavery. And then white people realised it was successful, and then started doing it themselves and just muscled them out of the market um it is delicious though it is delicious but fuck the colonel oh no i don't like i i love fried chicken but i don't think i don't think kfc is that good kfc is that good kfc is that good i'm not gonna lie it's fantastic but i don't support it because of the surrounding context i think my fried chicken is i think my chicken is better than the colonel's it probably is. It probably like I don't. I, it's not difficult to make good fried chicken. Naomi did a really, really good one for my birthday. It's magical. Oh, so um, good. So oh, good. That, that's that's another thing. That's another thing. The fried chicken thing is like a real thing. I I organised a coachload of people to go to Leeds Festival, and I specifically organised it so it stopped at a certain service station because it had a Burger King, and I really like Burger King. So I was like, on the way back, when I've got a hangover, I'm going to get a Burger King. This guy that I barely fucking knew is like, oh, we all know he's going to go to KFC. Looking at me. Oh, God. Also, that's such a low-hanging fruit. That's not funny. So I'm not trying to say that you can 
get away with certain comments. Well, I am, but you, well, you know what I mean? Like, that's not yeah. funny. That's not good. Yeah. Like, yeah. at least I feel like, again, for his, the, the jokes that we made in our house were in a small group with friends that love each other very much, but yeah. also they were funny. They weren't just like, wow, wow. That's not okay. I'm pretty sure that guy was a wanker. I'm, I'm yeah. pretty sure he pissed in someone else's tent over that. Oh, what a great lad. Yeah. I mean, you could have gone, oh, well, we all know who's going to go colonize someone else's camp. Yeah. Like, not <laughs> oh, that funny. Yeah, just, oh. Deary me. Uh, mate, I think we've kind of. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about, or do you think I, I think, think we're just, we've, we've covered a lot of stuff? I mean, we can touch base tomorrow if you like, but well, it's like half nine now. We've, we've I feel like about. we have solved oh, racism. Heartwarming okay. story, actually. Let's end on yeah. a positive. So, my first time that I realised there weren't many black people, or that that I the first time I realised that I was black and that was different is uh, I used to think that every black person I saw because there were so few. Every time I saw a black man. I thought it was my grandpa. <laughs> I saw so few. I hadn't seen any other than my grandpa, right? So I see them on TV and was like, my grandpa's on TV. And my, like, the thing is, it's one of the things my mum used to think it was kind of cute, but it kind of like culminated in, we went to uh, the science museum or the history museum, one of the museums in London, which again, in London, it doesn't even make sense because there's loads of black people there. I definitely saw multiple black people whilst I was in London and I didn't think that they were all my grandpa. But it basically culminated in me running over and sitting on a guy's knee and yeah, being like, mommy, mommy, it's grandpa. It turned out it was Trevor McDonald. No. Yeah, for real. For real. Like, I don't have memory of this, but my mum told me about it. Apparently he was really sound as well. Like, he was really good about it. But yeah, I ran that over and sat on Trevor is incredible. Um, yeah. And fuck anyone that says all oh, lives matter. That's yeah. That's I feel like that. Just yeah. I mean, oh god. I had someone post that on my one of my. I was on the. I was on my landline at the time, so I didn't respond to it. But I could mm. see there were people going in on this person as he put all lives matter. Um, yeah. Because well, there's been so many good cartoons depicting that, and it's stuff like um, if you if the, if you're in a neighbourhood and one house mm. is on fire and the fire engine comes to put the water out. Uh, sorry, to, to use water to put the fire out, and someone go, well, all houses matter. Yes, but only one house is on fire. But I, just, I don't get the all... Sorry, I, I just... Oh, it annoys me so much, because it's that... You know, um, a couple of years ago, when I ran that half marathon for male victims of domestic abuse, mm -hmm. because, you know, I'd been in an abusive relationship and stuff like that. Not a single woman commented... Ah, but women get abused too. Yeah, they were like, "That's they because they they're not insane." They went right. He's running this charity for that specific yeah. cause. You never see someone go, um, you know, say if someone's raising money for breast cancer. Oh yeah, but what about heart attacks? What about uh, lung cancer? What about you know skin? You know all these other diseases because mm. someone wants to raise it for that. But it's just it's that particular thing. And you know, like in G when you're doing GCSE, you did GCSE history, didn't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, actually. Oh, well, if you're ever talking, you know, about historical things, when people bring up the Holocaust, you know, I, I don't ever remember someone going, "Oh, yeah, but what about these horrible things?" They just recognise, yeah. right, the thing we are talking about yeah. right now is awful, and it's. Just, but the, 
it, it, it comes back to the whole point where people feel like they have to go on the defensive immediately. They think if you're talking about incidents where they are ra- that where racism happens, that you're implying that they're racist, which isn't what's being said. Um, as, there's something there's something I wanted to do. Basically, I re- you know the bit when I was talking about the black businesses before. Yeah. Is it possible to, for me to go through that? Because I actually wrote out some points that I wanted to say, and I don't think I said it that eloquently. So I want to go. I'd rather yeah, that was go nuts. As possible. Absolutely go nuts, mate. Okay. Um, all right. So, one moment. I was, I was so waiting in, for something incredible. Yeah. Peter, so, in, in, in relation to um, like how supporting other businesses or like ways that you can help people at the moment, uh, I, I think that supporting black businesses is a really, really useful way that you could. Um, actually provide some support outside of donating. Like if you, if you can donate to the charities, 100% yeah. absolutely do donate to the charities. But um, basically one, one of the huge problems that we've got at the moment is police are typically a lot more trigger happy in areas that they consider to be more dangerous, and areas that are less economically prosperous and typically considered, they're usually considered to be more dangerous. So because of the impact that institutional racism has, Black people are more likely to be living in these economically deprived areas, and as a result, they're more likely to be targeted and affected by black by police using excessive force. So, the only way that these areas tend to get like a large influx of funding is when they get gentrified, and gentrification typically causes costs to go up, and the people who were living there before can't afford to stay there, so they just get moved to another impoverished area. So they don't see any of the benefits of the area improving. And these benefits tend to go to businesses that are owned by white people and the former black residents no longer really any better off than they were before. So what I think is a good way to remedy this issue is that people choose to spend their money at black businesses and directly put money into those areas so that they can receive external funding from somewhere without pushing the original residents out. So the best case scenario in that case, case is the area as a whole becomes a lot safer and then police aren't going to be responding as violently as they or aggressively as they would do when going into it uh, but the worst case scenario is that you're at least helping to develop a black business and support the individuals within that organization so it's it's part of a long-term solution and not just a quick fix so i i, I think that these problems have been here for centuries and the method that we currently have is that we stick plasters over issues as a surface. It's like there's a boat that's got leaks and we're trying to cover them all. And yeah. we're not actually dealing with the root of the problem. Um, so instead of just treating symptoms, and I, I, I feel really bad because basically we're talking about mass murder and the border effectively genocide by the police um, as a symptom, but it is a symptom of a larger issue. And it's no, I, that, I, get, I get what you're saying. Yeah. It's, it's that black people and black communities haven't been given the same support as white people since slavery. Um, so it's, it's really important to me that people can actively go out there and do something to support because there's a lot of people that are looking at this. And I think it'd be really, really helpful if people could, could go out and do that. Um, because it's, for me, that's a very good solution and it's got the potential to actually have long-standing impact because there's, there's going to be a lot of people out there that are posting things that we'll forget about this, as we've mentioned. Um, and even if it's now, even if it's just for the fleeting moment that it's in your consciousness, firstly, donate to a charity because that is the way that you can act in the most immediate way to help the people on the front line. 
but the way that you can make sure that you are having a more long-term effect is to try and support black businesses black communities it doesn't just have to be black businesses and black communities by the way asian fields yeah. asian businesses asian communities well, but well, i think i completely agree you know the, the thing that i posted on facebook and instagram earlier i think i tagged you in the facebook one hmm. um it was kind of like a a preemptive strike so to speak on people that are going to put all lives matter and stuff like that and i kind of put why just some some like some things that i thought about all this and part of it i said was like you know with with some of our because i know we have so many similar interests like some of our favorite things are star wars lord of the rings harry potter mm. stuff like that and that's much more clear-cut good and evil mm. but like and this is not to sound white savior or whatever the term is, but like this is people's chance to like do something really good and be on the right side of history. Yeah. And it's not like the thing is you're not going to win any medals. It's, this isn't the end of uh, a new hope where Chewie, well, Chewie doesn't get a medal uh, at the end of a new, you know, this is, we're not going to get a medal for it, but if you want to do something genuinely good and be a, be a hero, this is your chance to, to help. Yeah. In a small I mean, that's, I, I, I don't want people to feel like as well. So there's that, that, the term white savior or yeah. white savior complex, it gets thrown around. So in my opinion, that is only a thing if you're there being like trying to take credit for it. Like after something good has happened as a result of your actions being like, that was me. Like that's the only instance where I would say it's a white savior thing. Otherwise, if you can do something to positively contribute to the black community, if you can do something to try and stop these problems from happening and to try and prevent these issues, don't be dissuaded by the notion that you might be called a white savior and also similarly if you're on the same side as someone stop fucking calling them a white savior okay why are we arguing within a group of people who have the same goal it makes no sense and there's so there's so many movements that have been torn apart that had a good idea that failed because there was too much infighting over little pedantic details like if somebody also this is a weird thing most people who are saying the white savior thing are white but if you're going to go out there and be like I'm anti-racist, and I think it's really fucked up that that black people are being killed. Crack on! And if someone calls you a fucking white savior, something to piss off. A grip. Uh, right. I, I, I can't. I, like I said, there's not a huge audience for this, but it is actually steadily growing. Every week, I get a couple more views, and not only that, but my older episodes are getting so like people are going back and listening, hmm. and. I highly doubt that many people listen to this. And like, we've been talking for a lot, for a long time, which is lovely because I, I love talking to you. We don't do it enough. Um, but part of me feel like a tiny bit of me wonders like, am I going to wake up tomorrow and it's going to be loads of positive comments or like <laughs> you've been killed. And I just gonna... like, <laughs> and I've been charged with like everything. What I thought was like me putting my foot in my mouth is actually horrendously like turns out I've just been saying the worst I... stuff. I don't feel like you've said anything. I, I'm not offended by anything that you've said, but be, be aware there's people out there who are probably going to call you white savior who are going to get triggered by you trying to do the right thing. Similarly, people will take issue with the stuff that I've said. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things. No one is saying that um, white people are terrible. There's definitely aspects of country's history, which has been... Hey, hey, incidents. hey! <laughs> <laughs> they um, didn't have flags, Alex. You, you forget that yeah. key part of history. But I, I, I believe that there are aspects of communities that are toxic, but I don't think that you can generalize. Similarly, actually, in relation to the business thing I was saying before, I'm not saying don't go to white businesses. I'm not saying that you're a bad person if you do go to white businesses. 
But if you can support black businesses and there's an opportunity, if it's something you're already going to buy, it's the same mentality. You know where people will buy locally over buying from a supermarket. Yeah. Or they'll get something that's fair trade, or they'll get free range egg, or something like that. It's just being a little bit more conscientious about what you, where you spend your money, and how you spend. Right. And thank you so much, Alex. I I love you very much, oh. and I'm so proud to have you as a friend. And thank you very much for for giving me the time. I know we we talked about way yeah. more than we planned on, but yeah, like I said, I, I put on my post today. The worst case scenario for all of this is that I've been educated and I've learned a lot. Um, well, thanks, sorry, thank that, you, is not, that isn't a bad thing. No, th thank you for giving me a platform to say this. Well, it's one of those things, it's very strange to like difficult to know when it's appropriate to have this conversation, if I'm really honest. And yeah. I spend a lot of time not being as honest about these things as I should be. It's very, it's nice to have someone just say, run with it yeah. and tell me what you think. Well, that's um, the thing. I, 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 never, I never knew a lot of these things. Mm. But I, I will, you know, I was, I, I've really, some of the stuff you said was horrible. Sorry, I'm, not, I'm, I'm happy you told me. Um, but yeah, it just, but you know, people, I, think, I, I think you're right that people need to have these conversations more so you can understand where people are, are coming from. But anyway, we, we, we need to yeah. finish this. So we thank do. you. I love you. Thing, yeah. One last thing, end it. General, anyone listening, should I have been offended or not? Okay, so I have a friend called Steve. Love Steve. Steve is fantastic. But there were a couple of times when at uni, I like saw a girl for a little bit and then she ended up leaving me and like very shortly afterwards ended up with, because I'm mixed race, she ended up with someone who was darker black. Oh, fantastic. He started calling me the gateway drug. <laughs> oh, the, the, again, the thing is, again, I think it becomes very difficult in like, maybe, I don't know, maybe context is key for all that. Because it is it your friends, try, yeah, is it your friends trying to warn, you know, just wind you up. It depends who that's yeah. coming from. I do, I do think that there is a bit of a problem in like the fetishize, you know, fetishizing of of races and stuff like yeah. that. Um, God, but also, also, you know, we keep on referring to uni and stuff. Uni, it's a time to learn, and not just academically, yeah. socially as yeah. well. Um, but oh, <laughs> the gateway drug—that's awful. It's Maybe bleep out his name. I don't want to. I don't. If, if, I don't. Don't say. Just don't that. say. Don't say. Yeah. Um, don't say. Um, yeah. But, oh, but thank you so much. Uh, yeah. Tell me. Tell me once I've stopped recording. But thank you. Yeah. I love you. Um, and yeah. All in all, racism bad. Yep. We've done it. Just don't. <laughs> don't be racist.